93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. There you go, Steve. I didn't have your mic. That's all right, man. (laughs) And then, Preston, you should be hot. Okay, hang on a second. How is... We're dealing with a couple of tech we issues are. right now. We're going to um, hash this out. Hang on. Is your... Are you muted, Preston? No, you're not muted. You can't be. Preston, how is the, the computer volume coming up over here? So The music is very dramatic, though. It we're is dealing very with the dramatic. two people out of the studio this morning, and we're going to get it up to snuff. And we'll explain what's going on in just a second as Casey and Marissa flail about on the other side of the board to try right, to get so everything set. We're going to have to use a different computer because this... Uh, I have this, my microphone. No, well, I'm worried about you last. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Uh... And All right. Do you want to you you want to you want to go into a take a break, go into a song, and come no, back? All right. no, 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 no. We're just gonna you're gonna have to. We're bear seconds with me away. For like three seconds here. Why there don't we you go. Just come to me. Uh, you know what? We could, Kath. We could just come to you, but I'm trying to figure some stuff out here. Kathy, I want to be with you so fly. bad. I, I want you. I want you back here in Philly. I want you back in Philly. <laughs> Um, I'm at my Caribbean location. Yeah. Vacation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm. Are we good. looking good? We're good. I, I knew we get it. Hey, I, I can hear Preston know? now. I can hear him now. Hi, Preston. Oh. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> I'll explain this insanity in just a moment. I just have a question. Am I live on the radio right you now? You are. Yes. All right. Let's take a look at the weather forecast and see how we're doing today. For today, a uh, tiny bit warmer. <laughs> The meeting has ended by host. <laughs> I, I can't even anymore. Uh, Let's just have Kathy. Uh-huh. And if you want, just let me, I just want to throw one thing in there. Sure. Okay. I can barely hear Preston. <laughs> okay. Well, that's that was intended. We want to sound very uncomfortable. Recording in progress. Okay, and we're recording just so you know. <laughs> All right, we good? Yeah, you know what, Kathy, why don't you give us your, your traffic report, okay. and, uh, and we're going to try right. and get uh, Preston back on in a second. Okay, so we have a closure in Drexel Hill. This is Vermont Road, both directions I between School back. Lane and Fern Boulevard. Uh, it's closed because of that down aircraft from yesterday uh, at Bloomfield Avenue. It's right in front of the United Methodist Church, so that closure remains in effect. Schuylkill Expressway 95, the Blue Road, they're all moving along. Okay, this morning, same in New Jersey, 295, 42, and 55 are clear. Bridges checking out just fine, and mass transit is on time as well. This traffic report brought to you by Acme. Let Acme be your one-stop shop for everything winter. Stock up on soups, hot beverages and favorite meals, and don't forget the firewood, Acme, fresh foods, local flavors. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMF. And now, Preston and Steve's News Update with Kathy Romano. 93.3 WMMR, it's everything that rocks. I guess I'm on the radio. I'm not hearing anything from you, Casey. I see your thumb up in the air, but I hear absolutely nothing. Well, I wasn't talking, so, that's why. Uh, I'm, I'm talking yeah, now. Nothing about I see your mouth moving. Nothing what? Oh, my we gosh. We ended our meeting, and uh, <laughs> maybe you're on mute. I don't know. But, I'm not on um, this what Well, I'll tell you what. Let... Day world folks, <laughs> when we try to get together on Zoom, um, I'm not muted. I don't see... Any reason as to why I wouldn't be hearing you, Casey? No, nah, there's no reason um, why you shouldn't be hearing me. Everything. So, uh, I just plugged the microphone in, and hopefully that was... Uh, you know, that just doesn't work. Hang on a second. Input volume. All right. Well, this is the shake uh, This is getting everything taken care of. All right. So, I can't hear anything. Am I doing the weather? Give me a thumbs up or not. Yeah, or give a weather. Doing, what are we doing? Weather. Weather? Yes. All right. Well, today... 
High of about 40 degrees, and we have partly cloudy skies. Same thing pretty much tomorrow. Uh, 34 on Friday. We really drop off. Cool. Hit some serious low and high temperatures on seriously low high temperatures. Uh, sa- Saturday, we're only going to get up to about 20 degrees, and then Sunday up to about 27. That is it. Uh, we taking a look at uh, traffic now? No, nah, we're going to do news. Uh, let's see. All right. Kathy Romano with the news. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So in the news this morning, an infant and three crew members were injured Tuesday afternoon when a medical helicopter crashed near the Drexel Hill United Methodist Church in Delaware County. The crash happened at the 600 block of Vermont Road near Bloomfield Avenue just before 1 p.m. yesterday. The helicopter was traveling from Wellspan Chambersburg Hospital in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Children's Hospital of Philadelphia when the incident occurred. The three crew members were rushed to Lankanaw Medical Center and the two-month-old infant patient was taken to CHOP. Officials said miraculous no one suffered life-threatening injuries. Witnesses say the helicopter didn't hit any wires or homes that were just a few feet away. Everyone is praising the pilot, who was in a very tough spot. There were a lot of homes on a busy road, schools, and businesses surrounding the scene of the crash. A statement from Wellspan Chambersburg Hospital said the LifeNet medical helicopter was based out of Hagerstown, Maryland. That flight subsequently crashed on the way to Philadelphia. Our hearts go out to the family and crew on board, and we are grateful that early reports indicate the patient and crew survived and that the was transported onto the planned hospital by ground transport. A fire official said the helicopter had about an hour's worth of fuel left in uh, at the time of the crash, and crews took steps to keep the uh, fuel from leaking and contaminating the groundwater. The FAA said that the aircraft was a Eurocopter EC-135 medical helicopter and that the agency was investigating, along with the National Transportation Safety Board. A cause of this crash remains under investigation. Later this week, Springfield Hospital's emergency department will be temporarily shutting down due to COVID-19 related staffing shortages on Tuesday. Crozier Health, the health system that runs the hospital, announced a consolidation of services in the hopes of navigating one of the worst nursing shortages in decades due to staffing issues that have challenged the healthcare industry across the country and the paramount need for patient safety. Crozier Health will temporarily suspend services at the Springfield Hospital Emergency Department and ancillary services beginning Friday, January 14th, 2022, Crozier Health's release said. Combined with the struggles brought on by COVID-19, officials are now reallocating resources and staff to other other locations within their system. Among the services impacted, the emergency department, pathology, lab, and medical imaging. But all outpatient services located next door at the HealthPlex Pavilion office will stay open. Township leaders say they are working diligently to ensure the uh, suspension of services remains temporary. In the meantime, residents will more than likely be directed to Lankanaw Medical Center and Riddle Hospital. Crozier Health hopes to resume all services as soon as it is safely possible. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy reinstated a public health emergency Tuesday effective immediately in order to ensure that the state is able to respond to the continued threat of COVID-19 and the rapidly spreading Omicron variant. Murphy's emergency COVID powers were set to expire, but the order allows him to continue initiatives like mask mandates in schools, which he said would continue for the foreseeable future. Earlier, he said his administration was having a constructive uh, constructive deliberations with state legislators to continue his powers past Tuesday. It's pretty clear all of us think this is 
not a time to lay down our weapons, he said on MSNBC. This thing is raging, but I'm highly confident we have the things in place that we will need to have in place to continue to fight this thing. The public health emergency will allow the state to continue vaccine distribution, vaccine or testing requirements in certain settings, the collection of COVID-19 data, implementation of any applicable recommendations of the CDC to prevent or limit the transmission of COVID-19, staffing and resource allocation, and other components of the state's COVID-19 response. The public health emergency declaration also empowers all state agencies to take all appropriate steps to continue to address the public health hazard resulting from new variants of COVID-19. Under the Emergency Health Powers Act, the public health emergency will expire after 30 days unless renewed. In sports this morning... Oh, I The Flyers and the Carolina Hurricanes had their game suspended last night because of COVID protocols. The Flyers are supposed to be back on the road tomorrow night with a game in Boston against the Bruins. The Sixers, who have won seven games in a row, are at home tonight with a game against the Charlotte Hornets. The Sixers are 23-16 and 16 and in fifth place in the Eastern Conference, while the Hornets are 22-19 and 19 and in eighth place. Tip-off is scheduled for 7 o'clock. And in football news, the New York Giants fired coach Joe Judge after his two losing seasons with the team. The move comes a day after general manager uh, Dave Gettleman retired after four seasons on the job. Judge, a first-time head coach, went 10-23 and 23 in his two years. He is the third consecutive Giants coach to be fired after two seasons or less following Ben McAdoo and Pat Shermer as the franchise stumbles through one of the worst 10-year stretches in its history. And that's what I have for you this morning. We good? We good? Everybody yeah. good? Yeah, we're good. All right, we're you good. guys can hear me? All right, thank All right. you. All right, so welcome to a new day, dear friend. President Steve Show, Wednesday, January 12th. Uh, if things sound slightly different, it's because we got some slightly different issues going on this morning. Uh, I am at home via Zoom. Kathy is at home via what we call this unit, a brick. It's a broadcast unit. I don't have one of those yet. Working on getting one of those. Why is this all happening? Uh, we got a touch of the Rona in my household. Uh, <laughs> A touch of the the vid, and uh, so no big deal. Uh, we're all uh, you know vaxxed, relaxed, boosted, and all good. But um, just out of a precaution, uh, I'm going to be staying at home the next couple of days, um, and we'll explain some of that in in full detail. Now, oh, we just got this going like last minute together, so hence the kind of patchwork that's being done. I don't have the proper equipment yet, so we're testing it out. And that's what we do with you, our, our early morning buddies here. You guys know. You're just well, getting things rolling. You try stuff out. And, Preston, I think only yeah. a practiced ear could have uh, discerned <laughs> oh, that something yeah. was different. I'm sure. Yeah, I listen, think along... I'm only speaking to a small amount of people. Oh, my God. Yeah. Everybody. Otherwise, I, even I had to say, oh, that's right. Uh, Preston's not in the studio. <laughs> Kathy's not in the studio. Because it sounded so seamless. Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll get it straightened out uh, by tomorrow. But we're going to try uh, to pull things together and... and, and and do it this way while we can, which seems to be, I mean, the overused word is pivot. Yes. Uh, so mm. we're going to we're gonna pivot today a little bit and try things to have a different. Now, so here's the deal. I can't hear Kathy, I, which is that may be a blessing. I don't know. 
Uh, but uh, I can't hear. So he's no, still I a miss dick. Her. <laughs> I haven't had her on in a while, and it sucks that we're rejoining this way, and I can't hear her at all. She's one of my favorite people. So. Well, let me tell you, and you did miss it, but but Kathy just said she really, really loves you. It yeah. may have sounded to the listener that she called you a dick, but <laughs> she called me a dick. No, well, she didn't necessarily call you a dick. She said, "Oh." He's, He's still, still a, a dick. dick. Yeah. yeah, it's been so long that you guys have ha- 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 interacted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, listen, I'm, I'm glad that we can pick right up where we are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's a beautiful thing. So we're going to we're gonna do our best to uh, to work through this. So how are you guys, anyway? We're, we're, like, we're doing well. Yeah, I, there's, apparently this whole this whole chain of events was going down, and I can explain later why I didn't get the messages until this morning. Uh, but uh, it, it, the, it, the epitome of what is called a cluster F, but I think we're doing fine, and we're going to, uh, you know, listen, this stuff was sort of in place ready anyway, and, uh, you know, the, you talk about the phrases that are overused, Preston, with a one word, pivot, and then uh, uh, an abundance of caution, and that's just what we're taking here just to make sure yeah. that uh, we, you know, because we are essential, Preston. you got to talk about, you know, if we're not doing fart jokes for Philadelphia, then who else can step in and do it? So Shut uh, the whole thing down. Shut the whole yeah. thing down. So we're here and ready to go. Exactly. So, what I don't—I don't have a couple of my uh, necessities here, so I—I'm uh, not sure what's coming up. What What's on the show today, Casey? <laughs> All right. Well, what's going to happen on the show today is uh, we do have a secret text word, Preston. So, if you text the word "secret" to three nine three three three, you have a chance to win a pair of tickets. Is uh, WMMR rocks Dirty Honey and Mammoth uh, Wolfgang Van Halen Young Guns tour? That is going to be wow. That's like a week. From yesterday, it's a Tuesday, the 18th at the Fillmore. Tickets are on sale now via Ticketmaster. So text the word uh, secret to 39333. Uh, also, what's going on today is uh, Chris Long, uh, formerly of your uh, Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, is going to join us via Zoom uh, in the 9 o'clock hour. So that is happening. Um, and then, you know, fun frivolity and all that other fun stuff is, is happening as well. All right, question. Uh, so uh, we're doing this via Zoom. Yeah. Uh, are our YouTube viewers going to be taking a peek into my bedroom this morning? Will I be on that? Do we have any idea yet? Yeah, and uh, hopefully at a certain point that's that's going to happen. We're going to get the okay. uh, the video stuff up uh, up and running soon. Because I've actually lit the room. So oh, that's awesome. I can tell. To, you know, really? To have, yeah. To, and, Steve, you can see the um, uh, my Saturn V rocket that you gave me for my 50th birthday. Oh, man, man. I have that. I have that highlighted, so we'll get that up and running. I see Nick Murphy is on the job. Yeah, it looks good. I think we're going to give it a shot, and uh, <laughs> we'll pivot, and uh, make, <laughs> okay. we'll make it work. Because of an abundance right. of caution. Yeah. All right, we're good to go. <laughs> All right, so I guess business as usual. We'll get a stupid question ready to go. Uh, I do have some entertainment stories uh, set aside, and we'll take a break. Right, Case? Give me a thumbs up if we're good like that. Yeah, okay. So we'll take a break, and we will come back in just a moment for the new and improved Preston and Steve yeah! show. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an Internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. It's kind of self-explanatory after that. HD. It ain't just for your TV anymore. Use your HD radio to hear the best-sounding MMR there is. Plus, enjoy MMR HD 2, the MMR Archives channel. Everything that rocks never sounded so good. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Preston and Steve Show. On this uh, very odd Wednesday morning, things might sound a tad bit different than you're used to hearing. If you're just tuning in right now, we'll get to the details of why that is. 6.33. Uh, I do not know if we're doing traffic or not. Uh, Captain Romano, are you available to give us a look at traffic? 
Um, I think, if you can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Fire away. What's going on? You can hear me. Okay, good. All right, so we have a closure in Drexel Hill. It's on Vermont Road, both directions, between School Lane and Fern Boulevard. And this is where that helicopter went down yesterday in front of United Methodist Church. They've got a lot of closures there in place. 95 southbound slowing from Cotman through to Bridge in Horsham Township, Norristown Road between 463 and Herman Road. We've got an accident. And then in New Jersey, volume building on 55 northbound. It's jammed north of Deptford to the 42 freeway. This traffic report brought to you by Ashley Home Store. Uh, this Store's mattress marathon sale is going on now. Get special financing for 60 months on select Tempur-Pedic and Beautyrest Black mattresses starting at $30 per month. Ashley Home Store. This is home. See store for details. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. All right. Thank you, Kathy. So if you're just tuning in, why does everything sound a little bit different today? Well, the Rona is running rampant. Uh, no, we've had, uh, actually, Kathy's been out for uh, over a week now. And here we reveal. Kath, do you want to mention anything about that since we're yeah. opening all this up? Sure. Um, and just real quick, I just want to mention, I don't think I can hear anybody else but you, Preston. I mean, we'll, okay. we'll see what happens, but I just uh, wanted to throw that out there. Um, no, Kathy, you should be able to hear me. You should be able to hear Steve. Can you hear us? Hear Nick. Okay, I can. Yes. All right, Super good. duper loud. I can hear you. Good. Um, yes. So I had uh, coronavirus. Yes. And I got my ass kicked and I have been sick. Uh, I am still a little bit sick. Um, but yeah, it really took me down for uh, over a week. All right. And uh, so we've obviously had uh, Marissa filling in uh, for the past week or so. And so now I am at home. I do not have it, but we did have someone in my household test positive. And per uh, Dr. Mike and an abundance of caution, uh, I'm staying home since we, you know, reside in the same house. Um, it's a little bit more, you got to be a little bit more careful. So uh, next couple of days, going to be broadcasting from the home and just found this out late last night. <laughs> So, uh, we don't have the proper broadcast equipment as of yet right now. Just doing this via Zoom. By tomorrow, we'll have uh, our broadcast units. It will sound much better, and we'll be able to move a little bit more seamlessly as the Preston show has, Preston's T show has been come to known as. It's already become. Um, so, so, are you saying that we're pivoting out of, out of an abundance of caution? We're pivoting out of an abundance of calls, <laughs> okay. Steve. All right. I'll try to throw some more of those buzzwords in there, <laughs> yeah. too. By the way, uh, the room, oh, the lighting is on point. Oh, and thank you, uh, sir. Uh, I love the rocket. It came together nicely. I gave Preston a, a Saturn V rocket. When was that for? Do you remember? Was it your... That was my 50th birthday. Right, yeah, right. It's, and it's uh badass Japanese Saturn V rocket, and uh, all the instructions were in Japanese, <laughs> so I didn't put it together for, like, three years. I eventually... Uh, figured it out and uh, puzzled it together. And, yeah, it's just played nice in my room. So if you watch us yeah. on our YouTube channel, you'll get a peek into my actual bedroom this morning. Nice. And I decided, I figured that would happen, so I decided to light it for the occasion. Let me ask you, can will we get a peek at the bed at which you were caught pleasuring yourself by your wife? <laughs> <laughs> Right oh, there you go. Right behind me. Uh, honestly, I, I feel like I'm taking a universal tour of the uh, the back lot. It's awesome. That's my bed. And Kathy will be happy to know that even though that the bed looks made, all the sheets and the under uh, uh, blanket are all wrinkly and, and not completely <laughs> oh. creased and folded underneath there. I know it would drive her absolutely insane. I just kind of slapped it together well, this I, morning. I think it looks good. It's, it's very well all done, right. and I'm giving you a 10 out of 10 on this. Oh, thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. All right, so we're, we're going to try to work with this today. We'll do as best we can. we got to tinker with the audio. Like I said, it came together last minute last night. 
Tomorrow will be much better, but we'll we'll deal. We'll we'll, we'll make this happen. So, uh, business as usual. Let's move forward. We have a stupid question. We're going to give away a four pack of Scream Fandango tickets, uh, and it is opening this Friday. So, if you get this correct, you will win that. Pretty simple question. What is the name for a me- female fox? Two one five two six three WMMR. By the way, Preston. Uh, the yes. Scream, uh, the latest Scream movie, ninety three percent on Rotten Tomatoes. No kidding. Ninety three percent. A couple of reviews this morning that were less than flattering. So that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. And two things, uh, I actually found out what the name of a female fox was last week because I had one in my backyard doing her mating call because uh, she was I getting boned. To go with this question because of that. Oh, yes. no kidding. Yeah. Nice. And then I also saw a funny meme that we'll have to post a little bit later on. It said it, one picture was like, this is what a fox looks like on the Discovery Channel. And then this is what a fox looks like in Delco. Uh, it's a great meme, and we'll have to share that a little bit All later right, on. I need to know that. All <laughs> right. I'll go through some birthdays while we're waiting for uh, the answer. We have a few to mention. It's uh, Jeff Bezos's birthday. Today. Oh. Yes. I read a, a, a biography. Jeffrey Bezos. And how was it? Uh, <laughs> by the way, Preston, when he plays an effect like that, can you hear it? No. Okay. Oh, be able to hear it All right. So, Sorry, so there we go. Uh, it was yeah. very interesting. He is a complicated guy. He's reviled by uh, a lot of people, and yet he's done some amazing stuff. I mean, he is a guy who who is a, a massive tax taskmaster, but he has what Steve Jobs had is the idea to say, okay, you know. We're not going to. You say we have the ability to do this. We're not going to do this, but let's do this. And and uh, his his mind works in that way. So obviously, it's paid off. You remember, for the first number of years of Amazon, it was a losing proposition. It was losing right. money hand over fist. Yep. So Changed here he is. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, he's fifty eight years old today. Uh, Mel C of the Spice Girls, Melanie Chisholm who's most recently on uh, Dancing with the Stars. What do you think they referred to her in uh, in school as Preston? <laughs> <laughs> Melanie Chisholm. It kind of writes itself, doesn't it? Sure it sure does, yeah. Uh, so she turns 48. Uh, Kirstie Alley uh, is turning 71 years old today. Cheers, obviously, she had great success with that. And the Look Who's Talking movies. And uh, like I said, she's 71 today. From the world of music, Zach De La Roca, lead singer of Rage Against the Machine, is 52. They're supposed to get back together and... Uh, do a small tour sometime this year. It was supposed to happen already, but obviously, um, you know, the pandemic put an end to that. Is he the one who uh, is he the one who uh, ascended the, um, the setup at the MTV Movie Awards? Remember that or Music no, Awards? That was the bass player who I believe his name is Tim Comerford. Right, he climbed up the the top of that centerpiece and started. Hanging out, and they, they couldn't figure out what the hell was going on with that. But, no, that wasn't Zach. All right. He's uh, 52 today. It's Heather Mills' birthday today. Ah. Her leg blown off by a landmine. <laughs> Do you want to explain that story? Of, she was on Dancing with the Stars, and you just naturally yeah. assume because she works globally to get landmines removed from war-torn areas, and you just thought that's what happened. Yeah, she has a, she has a limb. She has a, yeah. uh, a prosthetic, and, and I thought uh, the reason she was... So against landmines was because she had her leg blown off by one. And did I was wrong? Did you imagine that she would go to those areas and see if there are landmines in the field by just dancing around? Yeah, yeah. I thought maybe she was a hero and did that. It's bizarre. I actually have a landmine story coming up. All right, file awesome. Today, and it's Heather Mills' birthday, so she's fifty-four. Uh, it's also. 
So Rob Zombie's uh, birthday today. Rob turns 57 and splits his time between movies and uh, music. And has had great success in both, obviously. Working on the Monsters movie right now. Yeah, that's right. I yeah. forgot about that. So I guess that's his next big project. Um, actor Oliver Platt uh, also turns a year older. Uh, movies like Indecent Proposal and A Time to Kill. I, he's one of those... If I see his face, on, if I'm surfing around in SC, I'll stop for a moment and see what's going on because he's just a super likable guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he turns 62 today. And the last birthday is uh, Dina Nicole Cortez, and she was on Jersey Shore. Is she the one? No, it was Wow that we saw. I right, think. yeah. Now, Dina had, uh, she was the one who ended up. They brought her in, right? Or did or did she leave early? Was I think, one of those? Uh, two. I don't know. I, I know that she was. She seemed to be a later addition to the cast. That's what uh, it was. She's now on the uh, Supreme Court, Preston. Yeah. Oh, she is. Yeah, wow. yeah. She's a, a justice. Really yeah. changed for her. Uh, she is thirty-five today. Um, all right, so we got to see if we can get an answer to the super question. So, Casey, you're going to need to tee up the phone call for me because I don't have access to that here. Yeah, so we're going to go to uh, uh, Andy on line two. Andy uh, has been on hold the longest, so. Uh, hello, Andy. Are you there? Hey, good morning, Gadzooks. Gadzooks. All right, do you know the answer to the stupid question? Uh, Vixen? Vixen? Yeah! Oh. Vixen, it is! Yeah. And we are going to set him up with a uh, four-pack of tickets from Fandango to see the movie Scream, which is opening on Friday. Preston, where does yes. the band Vixen fall in your fandom during the time they were around? Uh, it was an all-girl group, right? Very low, yeah. yeah. They were they, they were kind of, even though they were the all-girl metal band, they were kind of late in the glam rock scene, I right. thought, and I thought they were okay. Uh, I didn't really wig out on them. Jackie Bam Bam could tell you every member of the band what <laughs> yeah. they're up to today and, and their entire catalog, I'm sure. But, yeah, they weren't high on my radar. All right, speaking of metal and all that stuff, uh, Lily James uh, told uh, the magazine Porter on Monday that she tried to talk to Pamela Anderson prior to portraying her in Hulu's Pam and Tommy. Us Weekly reports uh, that she wasn't able to get in contact with Anderson. She said it was really hopeful that she would be involved, and I wish it had been different. She said my uh, had been different. My sole intention was to take care of the story and to play Pamela authentically. Uh, she said that I've never worked so hard. I read the books that she had written. Uh, I read her poetry. Uh, I can pair it along with to her all of her interviews. Uh, but the series has been criticized by some for focusing on uh, Pam and Tommy's sex tape. Uh, in May of last year, Courtney Love wrote about the leaked video on Facebook and said, It destroyed my friend Pamela's life utterly. Uh, she said, My heart goes out to Pammy. And she put some heart emojis there. Oh, that's adorable. Uh, further causing her complex trauma and shame on Lily James, whoever the F she is. So he, uh, she wrote. The, the coming attractions look very good. The, yeah. uh, and they are, they're taking this moment and, and the way that the movie is positioned is, and they make note of it in the trailer, this is at the beginning of social media. This is at the beginning of YouTube. This is the beginning of sharing things online. And so that is... What I'm gathering from the the whole thing, that's it. And she, I think there's a point at which she says dozens of people are going to see this, not realizing that it's going to be that much more. It was certainly impactful, but it was a moment in time 
And it seems like they're going very much in the satirical vein with this. I mean, they're they're telling the story, but they're making it a comedy. Do, do you get that when had you see there, the trailer? Yeah, totally. Had there, Steve, I'm trying to remember, had there been any sex tape scandals leading up to that, or was that the first one? Does did does, remember. does Kim Kardashian predate that? No, or this it, was like oh. late 90s. I, I mean, don't think was, so. This was the first one. This was the first really big one, uh, certainly among celebrities. I mean, it wasn't, there was no social media. Was there, there, was, one, this, was, there was no YouTube. This was, this was like the nascent stages of the internet. Yeah. So it was it was prior to all of that type of stuff. This was VHS. Yeah, and, and so like, this, and, and I think, Steve, you're absolutely right. I think that they're using that sort of as the flashpoint in the movie. And then it really seems to me, like, just from the trailer, they make Pamela Anderson a really sympathetic character. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Know? Because they're, they're they're, yeah, listen, and Lily James, there are points in the trailer where you're like, Jesus, that, that looks exactly yes. like Pamela Anderson. I mean, she's nailing it. Yeah, she looks fantastic. As did Tommy Lee. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, let's see. How about this? This is a weird little happenstance. On Tuesday, Martha Stewart took to Instagram to share a photo of herself with Saturday Night Live star Pete Davidson, who she ran into at Nobu, Malibu, <laughs> along with Queer Eye star and Tony uh, Porowski. Uh, according to E! News, Stewart mentioned in the caption that Davidson was, quote, having dinner with friends. No, not Kim Kardashian. And she also said he was, quote, a cute guy with painted fingernails. So maybe Martha and he will get a thing going on. Uh, that would be... You know. Yeah, quite possibly. He's dating everybody else. Uh, where does he stand? Do we know in his... Because he's removing all of his tattoos. And I wonder Good where question. he... Yeah. I haven't uh, I haven't seen any updates on that. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing some endorsing with um, Removery, the tattoo removal place. And it takes, it takes about maybe a year or so to get a tattoo fully removed. Just like, so, like one. Oh, wow. And he's, he's tatted up like crazy. Yeah, you can go in and get uh, the treatments don't take very long at all, but then you have to wait like 6 weeks between each treatment and it slowly disintegrates into your bloodstream and I got flushes you. out all right. or, or into your, into your body and it flushes out. So, it's going to take a while before that happens. Yeah, but it's, it's not um necessarily I don't think Steve it's it's the amount of tattoos, it's probably more uh, um, according to surface area than anything How, else. So so okay, so pressing going through it, I, I'm I'm just I'm fascinated by the fact that they can do this. It always seemed like a you, know, you got it, you got it for life. When they do it, can they cover a large area with this removing laser? I don't know. They they might not be able to do that. And I know they want to start small with me. In fact, I've got to make sure I get in and, and start doing that. And uh, they may want to start with some small ones first. I, I, and I don't, because, I mean, it's, it's after all, it's a laser that's on your skin. So I don't know if they want to treat, like, a huge area or not. And the interesting thing is, as well, the, the lighter colors uh, sometimes can't be... Uh, eradicated. Huh, stuff, huh. No problem. But the, like the yellows and whites. Uh, yeah, I think it's all time. based on color. Is it? Yeah, as yeah. Far, yeah like not so much how big it is. It's, it, it's that color because it's attracted to the dark color. So that black ink will probably come out better. So, Kathy, you had that not fest tattoo removed from your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, no, but you know what? But I did the laser hair removal and it's the same thing with hair. If you have darker hair, that's more likely to uh, to go away quicker than the lighter hairs. Well, that's funny. You would think it'd be the other, the other way around, but okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Um, according to court documents obtained by E News, Black China's legal team will be able to depose Chris Jenner, Kim Kardashian, Khloe Kardashian, and Kylie Jenner 
as part of an assault and battery lawsuit that her ex, Rob Kardashian, filed against her in September 2017. Some of this stuff is starting to come back up. You could have stopped this story at Black China has a legal team, and that would have been amazing enough. I forgot about all yeah. this stuff. The, the court ruled against the family's motion to quash the deposition subpoenas. However, uh, the depositions will be limited to two hours for each member. And I haven't uttered the name, uh, well, actually, I didn't say... Uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, I guess no. she's not involved in it. Leave me out of this. Kim and uh, <laughs> Chloe and Kylie are Enough of this. The funny thing is, is that Black China makes Rob Kardashian look like Patrick Stewart. I mean, they, they, <laughs> there is, he, she is so off the radar and such a, she's not even a Z-level celebrity, but she manages uh, to hang on and make money. Her attorney, Lin Ciani, uh, said China will be permitted to question all four individuals despite their objection to the trial court that uh, they are too busy running billion-dollar companies to comply with China's subpoenas. Uh, the trial court agreed with China that Chris, Kim, Chloe, Kylie are not above the law, and they must respond under oath to questions by her attorney. Well, China has a, a business going. She dresses as Elmo and stands out of in front of Grauman's <laughs> I hear those people make more they money. Make they make a lot of money, yeah. Uh, Rob's legal battle with China uh, continues uh, to be a family fair as of February 2022. Uh, trial looms of Rob assault and battery allegations against his former fiance. Uh, but the attorneys um, say that uh, they filed court papers on December 14th asking for a Los Angeles show to quash the subpoenas uh, requested by China, whose real name is Angela White, but more than likely, that's not going to happen. Uh, in a recent interview with the New Yorker, Search Party star Aaliyah uh, Shawcat, uh, and I had to look her up, and I did know her. She was on Parks and Rec. She was in the movie Whip It. She's been in a few things. Freckles, really cute. Yes, yeah. Uh, she opened up about uh, the moment in 2020 when she was rumored to be dating Brad Pitt. Uh, she said it came in hot and left as fast as it came in. It happened during COVID, and I was alone with it, and it was so weird. Now it's like a weird dream where I'm like, did that happen? Meanwhile, she said, did it? didn't seem to know anything about it. She said he had no awareness of it at all, which is so funny because he doesn't read anything, and <laughs> meaning social media and, okay. and you know, tabloid stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, she said, I was like, you know, everyone thinks for dating and there's this whole thing and I'm being followed. And he was like, yeah, I'm sorry. It happens. If you hang out with me, that's what happened. She said he had no awareness of it at all. And she shared a funny story about her grandmother finding out. She said, the other day I was at my grandmother's house, my father's mother. Uh, she's been in this country for over 30 years and still barely speaks English. An Iraqi Muslim woman. She's sitting there watching her Turkish soap opera. And next to her is this old gossip magazine with Brad's face and my face in a small circle. And it says Brad's new girl. <laughs> and then on the inside, it's an old Instagram photo of me and my friends at dinner. And it was like all about Alia. And this whole made-up story about how we were healing each other by spending time together. I looked at my grandmother like, why do you have this? And she said, it's you and this movie star, and it's your face. And I was embarrassed by it. Uh, I told her, or she was embarrassed. Oh, okay. So the grandma kept it, and she's embarrassed by it? She said, I told her that she had to throw it away, and she laughed. <laughs> mm. Isn't that a funny um, story? Listen, go ahead, Casey. I don't know who this chick is. You do know her. You, you would know her I, if you see a picture. I'm, no, I'm looking, okay. and I'm like, I don't know who she is. And Did you ever watch Arrested Development? Uh, a little bit. She was maybe on Arrested Development, so she was on uh, every season of that. She's really adorable. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit upset that Preston knows who somebody is, and I don't. <laughs> uh, you would, so you... <laughs> she she 
she was the 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 uh, Michael Sarah had uh, a crush on her, correct? Yeah, and and they were and they uh, were relatives. They were cousins, yeah. and then they found out that they weren't cousins, and so <laughs> it was sort of a Sam and Diane of will they, won't they? The entire series, uh, but yeah, she's she's great. There was a point in Arrested Development where she ended up playing her own grandmother in order to get a place to live, and so she like put in these fake teeth and dentures. Uh, she's a talented actress. Yeah. All right, let me see what else here. By the way, I'm digging deep for entertainment news today. That's okay. Uh, if, if you run short, get, take us on a tour of the bedroom again. I could do that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, I'm I'm broadcasting from home, and so is Kathy. If you're just tuning in, we'll explain that again in a little bit. Kathy, are we going to get um, a tour of your bedroom as well or no? She might have stepped her left. Uh, yeah. All right, Preston, so, people uh, are asking on the, uh, on the YouTube stream and on the text board if you are, in fact, wearing pants. If I'm wearing pants? Yes. yes. We'll save that for later. <laughs> Keep right, guessing. So, according to CBS News, former American Idol star Clay Aiken yeah. is running as a Democrat for North Carolina's 6th congre- con- Congressional District. This is the second uh, time he's doing this, right? Correct, yeah. He announced the news on Monday saying, uh, these days my life looks a lot like yours, more, more like yours than Justin Bieber's. But one thing that has never changed for me is how much I love my home state. North Carolina is a place where I first discovered that I had a voice, and it was a voice that could be used for more than singing. Uh, yes, he ran for a congressional seat in North Carolina in 2014, but he was defeated by Republican Renee Elmers. So he is going to take a shot at it again. Uh, Steve, I know this is going to come to a shock to you, but Netflix's bet to see whether TikTokers can become reality TV stars is already looking rocky <laughs> for two of the influencer stars of Hype House publicly criticized producers of the series. So Larry Merritt, who goes by Larry online <laughs> and has over 25 million TikTok followers, Jesus. told fans on Friday that the day that the series premiered, the producers made up a false narrative. Oh. That he had attended a party after having tested positive for COVID-19. Merritt addressed the show while streaming on uh, Twitch, saying watching it made him want to cry. He said, I do not claim any energy from the Hype House show. <laughs> I did not go to any parties with COVID. So he's not claiming any energy. He doesn't claim any energy from it like, like a pro does. Yeah. <laughs> so the show details the drama of its casts online and personalized by following the remaining members of the once buzzy TikTok creator collective Hype House, a group of nine influencers living in a $5 million Los Angeles mansion focused solely on creating content and building their social media careers. Such houses have become mainstays of the online creator community, which has grown rapidly in recent years and often thrives on arguments or rivalries among creators. So what- another star named Chase Hudson. So this is where it gets a little All right. shocking. All right. and, I'm, I'm already pre-shocked. Yeah. Uh, said Saturday on a live stream that even though he had a producer credit on the show, he had no idea that he would be portrayed as a villain. Mm. Uh, Netflix isn't the first to be accused of manipulating reality for a reality show. Many popular reality TV shows have been known for creating sound bites and creating villains by editing audio in a practice known as Frankenbiting. What? Frank- I, what? Uh, reality but, shows do this? Of it, course they uh, do this. But it is unfamiliar territory for influencers who have long held power over editing their own mm-hmm. videos. Yeah. They've never had anybody else go, and they film all this stuff, and then they send it off to the editors, chop it up, and go, here it is. And so they've never had that happen before, so it's it's uh, weird to them. So stop and think about, uh, is, is, has there been, is there a case of someone who is an influencer or someone who is of this group 
uh, whether it be YouTube or TikTok or whatever, who has been able to carry over onto what is a uh, Hulu show or a, 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 a major platform show and have any level of success. I mean, JoJo Siwa is probably... To some level, To yeah. some level, yeah. It's all to some level. It, it, yeah. And, but you guys, didn't you do an event, what was it, at the TLA or the Troc at the one time for um, social media uh, stars, quote-unquote stars? Was that... Am I misremembering? YouTubers, no. yeah. And, it was, and they had a live event, and it's just... It doesn't... <laughs> those types of things it do not at all well. translate no. to, to live events. Because they don't, they don't know how to act in front of an uh, of an audience, yeah, and and what right. what might be amusing in a two minute TikTok video or even a longer form YouTube video when, when an audience is paying top dollar to come in and watch you do something, it's just not the same. So there, uh, there's that uh, those hot sisters I think that are dancers or something. Yes, like that. yeah, okay. they have a show on on Hulu. I wonder how that show is doing. It's uh, what the hell is the? Uh, they started as influencers, right? Yeah, yeah, she the one sister did, and then the second sister became an influencer. I mean, they've got something like. 15, 16 million followers. It's crazy. But it's interesting because, you know, like, I don't know. I, I don't really want to get so involved that I need to take sides. But at the same time, you know, I don't like you. Are, you have been like giving everybody else a false narrative as to like who you really are. You know, you can edit these things and make you look like you're right. You know, this angel or this wonderful person. Maybe these editors or you know these producers are going. Oh no, you're you're a piece of trash, <laughs> and you're uh, this. You know you're portraying yourself. You know well, I, when, when who you, knows when you lose control over your yeah. image. That's what they're reacting to. But it is kind of funny that you know. Well, yeah. someone else wants to do it now. Yeah. Yep. I guess maybe I, Bo I Burnham. Story. I, I'm sorry. I thought this was pretty interesting, and this does involve Bo Burnham. Believe yeah. it. Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, the house that anchored the 1984 horror classic A Nightmare on Elm Street has been sold after yeah. nearly three months on the market. It went for uh, $2.98 million. Uh, despite the nightmarish movie Ties, the house can be seen as a dream home, three bedrooms, four and a half bath, uh, along with a pool and a guest house. God, that's almost $3 million. Did you? For three bedroom, four and a half bath. Wow. Did, did you, uh, when you, you remember when Nightmare on Elm Street came out? Did you see it when, on its initial release? Years yes. ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and to Absolutely. me, even though I'm a massive fan, the, the house itself, just the front of yeah. it is kind of what you saw, the, yeah. the front porch. That's it. It yeah. was just for the exterior. So yeah. it's a it's a beautiful Dutch colonial with a modern twist, according to the listing on Realer.com. Uh, the house sits just off Sunset Boulevard in L.A., a few blocks away from the legendary Chateau Mormont Hotel. Mormont. Uh, Whole Foods is also nearby. Oh, Ooh, oh, like Whole We're oh, down the street yeah. from the Chateau Mormont and the Whole Foods. Uh, How does this involve Bo Burnham? Well, I'll get to that. Okay. While while director Wes Craven set his film in the small town of Springwood, Ohio, he filmed the exterior shots in Hollywood in the neighborhood of Spalding Square. Uh And the L.A. Times noted that the area's lack of palm trees and quaint vibe have often made it a uh, favorite for directors that are shooting movies and TV shows set in small-town USA. There's no palm trees. It looks like a, a generic, you know, like Midwest neighborhood or something like that. Um, uh, so the iconic house isn't just a place of horror. It is the location of Bo Burnham's Inside solo musical comedy special. That's where Bo Burnham filmed that. And I guess they have a little, I don't know if it's a pool house out back or whatever, but that is where, yeah, they're the guest house. That's where he did that from. So, you know, he's, uh, by the way, Bo Burnham is really good in Promising Young Woman. If you if you see that movie, he is he's a good actor. He's a really good actor. And that did he 
Well, I mean, he he directed. What did he direct? Eighth grade. That's what he directed. Right, right. Um, yeah. But, so he's yeah. Uh, and I've not seen that, Steve. I know you said Promising Young Woman is one of those movies that kind of sticks. Absolutely, with really, really good. And it's Jeffrey Bezos's birthday today, so I think we should celebrate that as well. There we go. Jeffrey Bezos. Are we playing the song? I no, no, you won't be able to hear. Then it. never mind. <laughs> All right, I'm not allowed uh, to. All right, so the Oscars. Craig Earwich, president of Hulu Originals and ABC Entertainment, announced that there will be a host for the Oscars this year. Uh, Entertainment Tonight reports that the last person hosting the Oscars was Jimmy Kimmel. That was in 2018. Uh, Kevin was Kevin Hart was scheduled in 2019, but those plans fell through after some old tweets resurfaced. There was no host in 2019, 20, or 21. Uh, the 94th Oscars will be held on Sunday, March 27th. Uh, they'll be broadcast on ABC, but no word on who they're considering. I know, I'm not sure I'm not sure we need a host A B the days of the, it mattering and a lot of people dialed in. I think that's over. I think it's it still <laughs> means something, but the Golden Globes were basically done in somebody's basement, you know, with no coverage. They still happen. The awards were issued uh and and we we move on. I I'm not sure Maybe this is the, the final erosion of this ero- this glut of award shows that happens at the beginning of the new year. Because I, I, I hate it because I'm the one that usually ends up watching all of them just to you know, get an eyes, uh, eyes on what happened. And it's, it's too much. It gets old after a while. Yeah. A, a couple of them and I'm good. And that's yeah. enough. But they have five or six of them. Uh, let's see. Just a couple more quick things. According to Deadline, Parks and Recreation star Aubrey Plaza will be joining the cast of White Lotus for its second season. I heard that was great. Uh, Anybody else watch that? I've I watched heard, uh, two I heard. episodes. Yeah, was it good? Do you like it? Uh, you know, it it didn't um, it didn't grab me, okay. uh, but I didn't hate it either. Do they, uh, need, just, do they need an Aubrey Plaza, you think? Um, well, you never heard from having an Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. Um, but uh, who do you call it? Uh, the chick that Dr. Uh, Mr. Skin likes. I was going to go with Dr. Skin. Oh, um, oh. That we all love. Yeah. Uh, um, Daddario? Yes. Yes. Alexander Daddario. She's in it, and I didn't realize. I, I uh, had stopped watching before they showed her boobies. So, Do you remember we had her in the studio? Preston, do you remember that when we had Alexander Daddario in the studio for Percy Vaguely. Jackson? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. I, I literally commented on her eyes because they are gorgeous, and I felt... Like a boob afterwards, because because how I could figured, you not? But everybody has, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not the first person to say. It. But they are so strikingly beautiful, and she's got a great rack. Uh, the second installment of the series will take place at a different White Lotus property, not in Hawaii, and will follow a different group of vacationers uh, from the original cast. It is rumored that Jennifer Coolidge will be returning. And then one last thing: uh, Deadline reports that Sharon Stone will be joining the cast of The Flight Attendant for its second season. Uh, Kayla Cuoco, who plays Cassie Bowden on the show, posted a photo of herself with Stone to Instagram uh, Tuesday, writing, Well, I can finally share the news. Hi, Mom. I love you. And she wrote, Sarah and Stone, seriously, what life am I living? Uh, Stone will play Cassie Bowden's uh, estranged mother, Lisa. So she is going to be on board on that show. Uh, All I hear is good things about that show, so... Uh, as far as the clips go, I got him. You're gonna have to take care of that. All right. Okay. A man mourning, no, a man mourning the death of his wife and a woman hiding a terrible secret are forced to work it all out in a wolf like me. And here, Isla Fisher, Fisher uh, talks about what drew her to the role. Without giving any spoilers away, it was a great kind of metaphor for the baggage that we bring into a relationship and how it's really like sort of jumping off a cliff, falling in love. You, you literally 
sort of pass on your happiness and hopes onto this other individual and their vision of how, you know, they perceive you. I want to see you naked. All, all six episodes of A Wolf Like Me will start streaming on Peacock tomorrow. Uh, you forget she has that accent, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, most, all, does she ever, has she used that in a movie? I don't think so. I've never I, heard her speak with her actual accent. No, I, I have never, no. Yeah. And what accent? Where is she? I, gu- I, I guess she's, is she Australian? Okay. I think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, next clip. Set after the events of The Suicide Squad, HBO's Peacemaker continues the story of the peace-loving soldier. And in this clip, Chakudi Awuji plays uh, Clemson Mern, a sh- and sh- he shares... <laughs> I just, I can't believe I actually said the guy's name right. Uh, Chakudi Awuji plays Clemson Mern, shares who he thought should have gotten his part, and uh, this is the clip. I got an email from my wonderful agents saying, you know, look at these sides for this project with James Gunn and all that. And I looked at the sides. It was just three pages. And I looked at it. And I was like, well, I'm not, I saw the breakdown for the character. I was like, I'm kind of never going to get this. Why don't they just go hire Lance Henrik or someone? That's who should be playing this, you know, and stuff. But then I read the material, and it was so hilarious. Shut the f*** up! The first three episodes of The Peacemaker will be coming to HBO Max tomorrow. You know, there was a time in Hollywood where they would they would forcibly make you change your name to something. You know, and, and I think it's good that yes. people can have their actual Schwarzenegger was such an anomaly that he said, "No, I, I want to keep the name." They everyone everyone all over the place told him to change his name. Yeah, but uh, yeah, was that character's name? Did you say Clemson Mern? Clemson Mern. Okay, and the the actor's name is Chikudi Awuji. Okay. Yeah. That sounds. Kajudi. Kajudi. I can't say. Chakudi. Kajudi Garland. That sounds better than Clemson Murn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. All right. Uh, that is it in the entertainment report. Uh, so things sound a little bit different today. We have uh, changed things up a little bit uh, because of. Now, obviously, some uh, illness, a little illness going around these days. And so uh, my family, we have a, a case of it here in the house. So out of caution, I'm saying here, uh, everybody but one of my family members tested negative. But uh, Dr. Mike says since we live together, best to hang out for five days, do another test, see if everything's clear while we're quarantining, uh, while we have our member quarantining in the, in the house. And uh, so we're following doctor's orders. And uh, Kathy... Uh, has been out. She's had uh, coronavirus for the past week or so, is on the mend, feeling better. It's a wonderful thing. Can you hear me at all, Kath? I don't know if you're there. I still. can hear you. I don't know if you guys can hear me or what microphone yes. I'm using at this point. We can no, hear I you. Can, and we'll, I can hear okay. you. So, uh, so we're, today's a little bit of an anomaly. I found out late last night that it wouldn't be coming in. Fortunately, had a couple pieces of equipment here at the uh, the house that were able to allow me to at least kind of rig this and and we can do somewhat of a broadcast today uh tomorrow we'll have more permanent setup at our homes to make it sound a little bit better so we're dealing with that but it is all good it's all good and i'll explain at some point preston why i lost this whole train of uh, texts that you guys were engaged in last night yeah uh, and what i found out about cooking oil yes (laughs) i want to find out about that too i only heard the cliff's notes okay Uh, so We'll take a break. We'll come back in a second. We got guests and stuff going on today. We'll see how that goes. But nonetheless, it is a Wednesday morning that we share together. Uh, secret text word. Tell you about that in a moment. Back in a second on 93.3 WFM. It may be cold outside, but MMR is cranking up the everything that rocks thermostat. With a concert warm-up weekend, doing double shots from MM artists rolling into t- your face off, including... 
MMR show with Evanescence, Hailstorm, and MMR BQ artist Lilith Tsar at BB&T Pavilion this Sunday. Dirty Honey and Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen Tuesday night at the Fillmore. And Ghost with Volby early February. So this weekend, get fired up for a year of great live shows with 93.3 WMMR. Uh, today is Wednesday morning. Uh, secret text for Casey. will tell about that in a minute, but uh, I know we have a prize. In fact, Casey, what what exactly, if you don't mind, what do we have to give away? <laughs> Sorry, dude. I, I, you know, no, I turn on my microphone, not your microphone. I'm on your microphone, so... Hi, Preston. Uh, the Word of the Week prize. Book of Boba Fett. It's a super prize pack. It's got a uh, 65-inch LED smart TV. One-year subscription to uh, Disney+. Nice. Plus, plus a whole bunch of Boba I, Fett I stuff. I think I said secret text word. Uh, oh, the uh, secret text word. Okay, sorry. I may be wrong. No, you wrong did. You did. Uh, I just don't listen. Uh, Press the secret text word is actually a pair of tickets to see Dirty Honey and Mammoth, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen, and that show is going to be on uh, Tuesday at the Fillmore. All right, text word secret to 39333. We will get a winner uh, a little bit later on. Uh, let's have a look at traffic. See how we're doing. Uh, Kathy at home as well. What's going on, Kath? At 95 southbound, we're slow from Cutman through to Bridge. Once you get to the Vine, westbound, it's slowing 95 to Broad Street, the Ben Franklin Parkway to the Schuylkill, and then on the Schuylkill Expressway. Eastbound, you're slow Montgomery to Spring Garden. A westbound side is backing up from University to South Street. Vermont Road, both directions between School Lane and Fern Boulevard. This is in Drexel Hill, close because of that helicopter crash from yesterday. And then in New Jersey on 55 northbound, you're jammed north of Deptford to the 42 freeway. This traffic report brought to you by Whole Foods at Whole Foods Market. Get Animal Welfare Certified Air-Chilled Whole Chicken for $1.99 a pound through January 18th, plus an extra 10% off for Prime members while supplies last. Restrictions apply. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. All right, thanks, Kat. So we have a little bit of a different setup today. If you're just joining us uh, this morning, uh, I'm broadcasting from home. Kathy is as well. We don't have the full broadcast equipment set up yet, so we're doing this via Zoom. The audio is a little bit funky, so we're kind of... Having to slap it together, we'll get it uh, a little bit more in place uh, tomorrow. But uh, we've had um, one of my family members uh, tested positive for COVID. Uh, Kathy has actually had it for the past uh, week uh, and a few days. And so she's uh, been at home, finally feeling a little bit better. So uh, last night is when we found out about the uh, <laughs> uh, the case in my house. So it was, it was my daughter. Right. Uh, she had she had a fever the day before. Uh, we did the, the home test. And um, two, we did two separate tests. We bought a, 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 a few home tests for just such an occasion. And uh, she came back positive. So the rest of the family tested. We all came up as negative. And I contacted Dr. Mike just to bring him into the loop because he's the greatest human in the world. And he had said, uh, well, you know, he said, Since, here's the deal. I had... We've been in an environment where I could come to work and wear a really good mask, like an N95 mask, simply because I'm in uh, close proximity to uh, a family member who has COVID. Uh, we could we could have worked that out, but we do a radio show, and I can't <laughs> do the program with the mask on and be in the same room with you guys out of caution. So, therefore, I'm staying at home to do it just in case because... You never know. I could, I could, I could have a positive case, and it's not manifested yet. So, he said, out of caution, 
uh, wait five days because we have my daughter who is we've quarantined in a portion of the house and we're going to keep contact away from her. And so in five days, I'll test again and should be everything should be all right and should be back in the studio. But that's the thing. I could have come to work. Yeah, you were. You, I, haven't, I haven't tested positive, but um, since I have to take a mask off and be in the same room <laughs> with you guys. It's just out of caution that 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 we stay home. At the beginning of all this, um, you know, Mike had uh, given me one of those N95s. After about a half hour wearing it, I wanted Ebola. I, I it, it's just it's one of those things. It would be impossible. You can't you can't speak through that. It's just one of those deals. Yeah, it's funny. So, I actually work out in one every single day. Yeah, uh, and God it's, bless. Yeah, I know. yeah. I'm sure that's got to be good. But the uh, um, ultimately, though, the. Um, uh, you know, I, I saw all these texts, and uh, as of like, you know, four or five into that chain of uh, messages back and forth, you were like, "Yeah, I'm, if you guys are cool, uh, you come in." And then obviously, Mike said, be- "Best to, as they say, err on the side of caution." So that's why we're yeah. doing this, and and we were very yeah. excited because today is the day that Kathy was rejoining the show from I your know. bout, Kathy. With and then by the way, this <laughs> this scenario is going on everywhere. Yep, everywhere. Yeah, but Kath, Kath got it pretty bad. Kathy, what was uh, what was your experience like? Yeah, so I mean, I pretty much had. If you look at the symptoms of COVID, I had every single symptom except I never had a fever. That was the only thing I didn't get, um, and mine turned into de- pneumonia, so I dealt with that. Uh, so I got hit. Yeah, I got hit hard, and I keep telling people I got my ass kicked by COVID because I I really did, um, and I'm still. Uh, you know, still not 100%. I don't know when I will be. I, I feel like um, it's it's lingering. Like there's some symptoms that are just lingering and sitting there. And, you know, I, I can see now, obviously having experienced it, how it beats down the immune system and, you know, people who, you know, maybe aren't, uh, you know, healthy or have some underlying conditions, how it can really beat down the immune system. Well, the, the, uh, the, the weird thing is, uh, and, and because obviously, and we don't, we don't do a lot of COVID talk because everyone knows what's going on and everybody knows, you know, what, what this, the story is. We're not going to illuminate you much more on what you already know probably. But uh, in this case, when you were describing it and how, how it whomped you, uh, you know, we, we we're hearing about Omicron, but the, the Delta variant, which was a little bit more uh, potent is still out there. And it sounded to me like, that maybe is what you had. Did you have any, is there even any way to determine or did Mike, uh, I don't want to, you know, violate. Yeah, I have. No, no, I don't care. I, um, I have no idea, Steve, but it's funny that when you said that, um, on the call the other night, um, I had just, we had just been talking about that because, you know, it it seems like it was more intense, but you know, who, who knows? No, I don't think, I don't know if there's a way to tell, but, um, you know, we certainly, we didn't figure that out, but, uh, it, it seems, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> it hit me. All right. Well, you, you sound good. The, the weird thing was is that your sense of humor throughout the whole thing was evident in your in your text and and the communication. <laughs> and I'm like, well, she seems good, yeah. but there, there are points when you have, depending on whatever illness. And by the way, the, the the flu is out there and everything. Whenever you have something like this, and it just runs you down, uh, you know, anyone with any kind of workaholic nature. Uh, oh. runs the risk of diving back in too early and exacerbating the situation. So, uh, dude, at camp out for hunger. I was so sick. I remember, oh, yeah. And 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 Doctor Mike, they he, he tested me. I, I didn't. I didn't have COVID. And and by the time uh, I got to him, he had put me on antibiotics, so we couldn't test for anything else. And so I don't know exactly what I had. I had some form of flu, but it knocked me on my ass. I remember that. Yeah, you, uh, Preston, yeah, during that big fireworks display at the camp out, uh, you know, the whole thing. 
Uh, you were, you were back in the hotel room. You couldn't. You sl- yeah. like slept I, through it. In between some of the breaks, I laid on the floor, man. Yeah. I was yeah. so uh-huh. beat. So, you know, it, it can take its toll. Uh, Yep. No matter what version you get of it. And, Press, what you're going through right now in your household, you know, everybody's sort of hunkering down. That's uh, that's what we had to do in my household uh, around Christmas time. My, my daughter had um, tested positive for COVID. My mom lives with me. You know, we, we want to, you know, take every precaution possible to keep, you know, everybody, especially my, my, my mother, uh, safe. But what we found uh, and what I found personally is that, that uh, well, I found the... the um, wonderful world of Instacart and DoorDash. Uh, and I also discovered how you can make cool things at home. I've, I've uh, and even last night, made homemade pizza, homemade pizza dough. I'm getting better at it. And so so I'm just trying to find the, the brighter side, the, the, the silver lining of COVID. Are you guys encouraged by that? <laughs> Are you guys going to do some cooking? Yeah. What 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 about the the you tried the German pancakes the other day? We never did. Find oh yeah, out how those turned out. It turned out great, and I can't wait until I actually get a uh, like a, a cast iron skillet because I will do one of those in a cast iron skillet. And like I'm always encouraged, press by the way the first one turns out. Right. So the first right. homemade pizza I made, I was like, okay, maybe it doesn't look amazing, but it tasted really good. The second one was even better. I made one last night. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm actually getting good at this. So. With hey. the German pancake, that one it, it didn't look amazing, but, man, did it taste good. Maybe. We don't know this, but since Kathy's been home all this time, she has uh, <laughs> rethought her uh, career path in the culinary arts. Kathy? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, but I will say the, the whole uh, loss of taste, I mean, I got that. It's, it's bizarre, man, to, to, like, yeah, I'm basically eating based on memory. So, so Aww. as you're as you're eating, what, what's the status of that now? Is it partially back, or what's the story? So, um, last night, Steve was the first time I I had um, a soft pretzel with a little bit of yellow mustard, and I felt like I could slightly taste the yellow mustard. Ah. Um, so, so that's like the first hint of it. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that it comes back. I never fully lost my sense of smell. I could still smell like maybe I'd say like. 25 percent like there was still a little bit of smell but the taste man that was completely gone kath my my best friend steve had uh you know the same thing he lost total taste and so he was loading everything up with like red pepper flakes and things like that just to get some kind of sensation in his mouth can can you can you detect uh heat you know spices so, um, no, not, so I have, I'm taking these, um, little like, uh, vitamin, you know, they're like liquid shots or whatever, and it has pepper in it. So, and it has a lot of pepper in it. So that, yes, but like, um, I had Mexican food the other day and it, it had, um, you know, normally what I would find spicy and there was nothing. I, I couldn't get any sense of it. Could you eat a lit match? <laughs> uh, that has got to be so weird to be able to smell something. Yeah. And not taste it. So you 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 can smell the food. You got a Mexican plate in front of you. You get that that uh, that that uh, familiar scent, and then you taste it, and nothing. Yeah, it's it's so weird, and you're constantly like searching for it. Like you're co- almost like I was constantly like trying. Like I'm like, okay, well, another bite. Like it looks like you know, oh, that sour cream looks like it'll be 
good on that. You know, like it, it just, uh, you're constantly looking for it to, to give you some sort of some sensation, some sort of a taste there. I wonder if, if for those who might be, you know, looking to lose weight or something like that, that that's actually awesome because you just sit there and eat celery and you can pretend that you're eating, you know, <laughs> ice cream steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, though. Doesn't smell inform a lot or at least assist in your perception of taste? Right? Isn't that the case? Yeah, I mean, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. I, so uh, that, that's why it's it, it, that's why it's just so bizarre. Like there was um like I, texture, so like something that was creamy, um you know like that I could obviously distinguish between, but the the taste was just completely gone, and it was a little bizarre to be able to smell it. And like I said, I did lose some of my smell, but like to smell it a little bit, and then for it to just like. There's just no taste. Well, you know, you're you're, you're like part bloodhound because, mm-hmm. like, you're very sensitive well, yeah. to smells. Right? Yeah, it's like Steve. It's driving me nuts. I'm like, and I'm sniffing everything to see if it's like coming back. So I'm like, if we cat- if we were to like take Casey's shirt and have you smell it, do you think you could find him in a forest? <laughs> Kathy, are you sniffing the litter box by any chance? I, I didn't do the litter box piece, but I, I mean, I did scoop it. At, out and not there there's not like i would my nose has to be like next to it for me to smell it so yeah like none of that and you know what's really weird you know when you wake up in the morning you're like oh god i need to brush my teeth like i don't have that sensation like that like morning breath is and like taste is not there Wow. There's so many people going through this right now. My wife was going through uh, our school district yesterday uh, and a list of the amount of teachers uh, that aren't in. And I, like, did a double take uh, on on the number uh, that she said. So, so many people are commiserating with this little issue that we're going through with last night. We were... uh, we were doing the, uh, the the family testing, and there was actually a list. Six ABC had it earlier this morning. Of uh, they they had a um, uh, a ranking of the at home tests, and uh, the the ranking was by users, and uh, you know whether uh, the accuracy different, uh, metrics, different metrics on you know ease of, of the instructions, right. and uh, you know whether they were confusing or not, and so on. And so so they listed them, and and one of the ones we were using was like number two or whatever, but. We, we had to go through, and we, we bought several of them just to have them at the ready because we figured we would need them at, at some point. And my son Carter was doing it, and each time uh, the uh, – I, I guess he wasn't putting enough liquid onto the test, and we weren't getting a good enough conclusive mm-hmm. result. Like the lines that would come back were really, really faint. Our Everybody else's were, were really clear. So he had to do it three times. And by the way, those things aren't cheap money. No. And he had to do it three times. We wanted to be absolutely sure uh, that we weren't dealing with it. And I think he wasn't doing it right because Rochelle's finally like, I'll do it. Give it to me. <laughs> Give me that so, damn thing. I, I uh, told you that I had modded a pregnancy test, and that's how ah. I test myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm doing great. You, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, that the, the nose thing, and I've done it several times now, yeah. it's just... Uh, it, it drives me crazy. I, I just, that's, do you sneeze? I was, uh, I don't sneeze, but it's, it's not as bad. And I haven't Mm -hmm. had to do this in, in a long time, but I would rather get my blood drawn or a shot or something like that than have them do that throat culture thing. I have always detested that. Uh, where they, you know, they they rub a, a swab on your on your tonsils for crying out loud. I've had well, of the things that you have that that when you go in for a test or, or any kind when they when they when they force the hose up through your nose and endoscopy oh. and down oh. your throat and tell you not to swallow. 
It's like, yes. uh, and you're awake when they do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I've, I've had it had done it when they were trying to figure out what I had with the esophagus and the agalasia, um, which is, yeah. was, is is fairly benign. But you know, they had to make make sure everything was mm. w- what they were going to work I've, on. I've never had them go down that <laughs> go down that deep. Um, <laughs> well, I asked for it because you know I used to be in the industry. But when they when when I go to the uh, uh, the ENT and they they need to look at my sinuses and they they stick that camera up in there. Oh my God! I just can't stand and, that. And when uh, you know Preston, by the way, when they did it a couple times, like there there was something about the way I'm constructed that oh, we can't quite get down there. Like of course, <laughs> of course. But you know, uh, I just had um, I had a, a camera uh, look at my vocal cords. And they, yeah. like, I had, yeah, I had to make, like, different sounds so my vocal cords would vibrate and, and she could look at it with the camera. It so, was really bizarre. So which, which Disney song did you sing when they did that, Kat? <laughs> no, but you know what? Like, at first I was like, oh, oh, my God. And she was like, okay, just breathe. Like, it's fine. You know, like, you're you're not going to die here. But it was, yeah, it was a bizarre sense. They numbed it a little bit, you know. So may did I go through your, did that go through your nose or did they go straight down the throat? No, it went through the nose. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they they take other paths that are even uh, less wonderful. So, but um, I, 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 listen, listen. Uh, as you said, this came in last minute. A lot of this stuff always comes in last minute when you're trying to uh, get everything together. But I think everything's working out well. Mm-hmm. I missed the whole chain of these texts, Preston. I'm sitting in the office today and I'm looking because you and I keep very close track on our arrival times yep. to make sure. Because the last thing you want to do is like be in bed when you're supposed to be on air. So I'm looking at it, and then I finally see the messages. I'm like, oh, Christ, I missed all of these. <laughs> Going back and forth. Last night, my wife, I, I gave her the Ninja Food Smart XL Indoor Grill, which is, <laughs> which is the big thing. Everyone yeah. loves this thing, and it's pretty awesome. The one thing, and I'm telling you, if you have one of these and you haven't tried it, I didn't know, and she didn't know, that the cooking oil is a kind of a critical step in these things. And there are apparently, which we learned last night, High temperature oils and low temperature oils, meaning right. that some will smoke, and uh, you know, depending on what you use. So I'm I'm upstairs and I'm like, why does it look like London right now? And I'm smelling, you know, that oh, wow. So so it was um, it was permeating the house and it was coming out a lot uh, from the from the grill. And so we, uh, at the time you were, all these texts were coming in, I'm running around, you know, opening windows and we take the thing outside and I'm, you know, juggling the chicken and plugging it in outside. But that simple little thing apparently, and what they recommend is avocado oil, what they call high temperature, like 500 degrees in that general range. That's really the whole thing. But I think you'd make that a little bit more prominent in the handbook. And uh, so did you did you have to take it outside or anything? Yes, like that? yes. Okay. Uh, so I because it, I'm like, we were a third of the it, it something that should take about an hour cooked in about 20 minutes and it was actually wonderful. But I'm like, Jesus Christ, that cannot be normal. The <laughs> amount of smoke coming out of this thing, and even though they had listed canola oil as a viable oil to use at a high temperature. The mofo apparently is avocado oil. That go you can take that up to five hundred degrees, and it's not a problem. I would have preferred that was spelled out in big letters on the cover. Mm-hmm. But uh, so we learned by uh, by uh, a near fire last night. Were you uh, were you calm and cool under pressure, Steve, or were there some uh, loud I, moments? Uh, I was pretty. I, the last thing I want is you know because Claire didn't know, and and we you know we were, we. I was actually pretty good. I was so busy okay. slamming open windows, window nation windows, by the way, <laughs> which opened very quickly, uh, that the, the smoke. But the last thing you want, the last thing you want to be is that douchebag on the front porch 
It's just we're cooking chicken. As, you know, as the captain of the fire department is there, and the, all the the manly guys are there, and they're you know, they're, you know, who actually respond to real things. Obviously, we've had some terrible stories recently. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'm there going, well, it's chicken. So uh, right. I managed to avoid that, and our our security system and our fire system through Xfinity and everything is is top notch. But I mean, it, you know, the last thing you want is that just you, you just feel like yeah. an idiot. I had, uh, you know, I had texted you. We had this text change going on, and I, and I called and left a voicemail as well and, and got in touch with Bill and told him, you know, what was going on. And, yeah. And the broadcasting, I'm like, man, I can't get a hold of Steve. So <laughs> I figured something was going on. That was it. I was I was running a chicken out to the backyard. <laughs> but, no, I didn't know that. I didn't know there was such a thing I didn't know as a high-temperature oil that that will minimize smoke. Yeah. So if you are unaware of that and you got, apparently, this thing was a huge item for Christmas. And it, it did a great job. Just be aware of the oil, the oil that you're using and what temperature it works best at. I was aware of that, but I never, I thought that was for like fryers and stuff. So this uh, is sort of a fryer. It is sort okay, of, it right. is, it's a, it's an air fryer and a regular fryer. And it, it's, it's actually very cool. It has the meat thermometer again. Cooked a, a big chicken in the like in half the time. It's great and it tasted great. But so I, it's called it's called the Ninja Grill. The Ninja Food Smart XL Six in One Indoor Grill with Air Fry. Yep. Okay. Roast, right. bake, broil, and dehydrate. Roasted. 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 And, uh, yeah. Well, but oh, this on. was apparently a very popular item for Christmas this year. Now, did you get to eat the food? Or? I tasted okay. it. Claire, Claire, Claire was like, "I'm like, you make make the call. Make it was like Apollo 13. Yeah, you know, failure is not an option. So we got that chicken out and finished the cooking. Work the problem. Yeah, that's right. Things worse by guessing. I was communicating with Gary Sinise, who was cooking a chicken at his home in a simulator. He was in a simulator. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Oh, by the way, I'd like to point out, and, and speaking of Gary Sinise, and, and that leads us to Apollo 13, uh, uh, I am via Zoom in uh, in my bedroom this morning. You can see the uh, the Saturn V rocket that Steve gave me for my 50th birthday in the back there. I lit it up. Uh, so a little peek into my bedroom. But also one of the reasons you need to watch us on YouTube today uh, is because Steve is wearing his velour tracksuit. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I'm wearing, I'm wearing my, you know, the one thing is, and it was uh, uh, kind enough to, I guess, whoever the family, is it a cousin? It's or Velomino, yeah. Okay. It's Velomino tracksuits, and uh, they're velour, and they're delightful. I will tell you this. I was not, not now, I always thought, man, the last thing I want to be is a, is a retiree in Boca Raton, uh, you know, uh, in a tracksuit like this. Velour <laughs> But now I'm rethinking that. Dude, I'm I thinking wore... of having dinner at 2 o'clock. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking of getting a golf cart. I wore that tracksuit like uh, I, I, I would have worn it every day of our Christmas break. But I had to. I had to put it in the washing machine. I had, you know. I, I got a little, was, yeah. a little stain, like something spilled. And I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. And I, 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 I quickly cleaned it up. Now I'm very, I'm like, I'm thinking, do I need to lay in an additional tracksuit so I have... Yeah, you know, one of the ready. Preston, you 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 enjoyed it, but is it too much for you? Is yeah, it too warm? Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it, it was too warm. That's see, exactly. See, you you maybe, like. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say maybe the next couple of days when it's really you know it's going to get cold, <laughs> super duper cold again this weekend. Maybe I'll maybe I'll take it out for another. Spin. Kathy, while you were sick, did you uh, did you don your your tracksuit? Uh, you know what? My tracksuit is still at the studio. So oh, I man. Know. oh I man. know. 
I left it on my chair in the office, and uh, yeah, I'm pretty upset about this. The <laughs> only issue with the tracksuit, uh, I like, I won't wear it out in public because it has my name and a President <laughs> Steve patch on it, and it's, it, it, to like, me, it's a little. Who tacky. is this dude? Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, oh, it's, I'm Casey from the Right Nipple President Steve show. <laughs> so I can't. I can't wear that out in public, but I will wear it around the house, and I will go to, what is it, Velomino, Nick? Yeah, Velomino uh, USA oh. is their Instagram handle. And, and I'm going to buy from them. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and the, the, the next step, you guys, I think you're going to really enjoy as well, because we are working on one currently for one Pierre Robert. Oh, nice. And so, it's going to be, like, tie-dyed and hippie-ish and should be pretty cool. What we need to do I is... I thought you were going to say... I thought you were going to say velour underwear. <laughs> oh, oh, you know what? That's step number three. That. Step number four is profit. We need to do a. Um, we need to uh, when when the next event we're all appearing oh as a God. show in in total. We'll right. have to all wear this, so it'll, we'll That's look a like great idea. like it's our uniform. <laughs> yeah, we need a dance routine for that. Absolutely, Kathy, please get working on the choreography. That'd be perfect. All right. Well, listen. Um, so obviously things a little bit different today. Uh, Kathy and I from home. We don't have the full broadcast equipment. We'll get that by tomorrow. Uh, but we do need to take a break because we have a few things coming up. Uh, let's return with the Bizarre File in just a moment. Secret text words, stuff like that. Dirty Honey's coming to town. Uh, we got a chance for you to win tickets to that. We'll get the details. Text word secret to 39333. So we'll break and come back in just a moment on MMR. Hang out. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And probably other places. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. This Valentine's Day, avoid that look of disappointment. You know the look. A week after Valentine's Day when she throws the flowers you just bought into the trash? Try this. Get her a real long stem rose dipped in 24 karat pure gold. The only rose that's guaranteed to last forever is just $59. Our famous 24 karat gold dip roses arrive in our signature gold gift box. Order now and get free shipping at IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So, uh, broadcasting live from my bedroom. Kathy, are you in your bedroom, by the way? Is that where you are? No, I'm in my office. Okay. All right. You remember the office that the cats can see through the French doors and want to come in yeah. and destroy her equipment? Yeah. <laughs> That's Steve, right. and immediately this morning, I came down, I came in the office, I shut the doors, and there they were, scratching at the doors, making noise. I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> And remember, late late in the show, uh, Kathy is angelically side-lit. Uh, yes. Natural light out of the window. <laughs> it's I glorious. I don't think I'll get that where I am, but uh, we've had you a change nice... up. Go ahead. Yo, your, your setup looks so nice and professional. <laughs> I threw a few lights around. I'm like, I was scrambling around like 10 o'clock last night. I'm like, well, it's got to look decent. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm in my bedroom. Uh, and maybe we'll take a tour. I don't know in a little while. But uh, nonetheless, we're trying to make things uh, as seamless as possible as we switch and found out late last night that we're having to do this. Uh, my, my daughter uh, tested positive for corona, so we're uh, going to. Uh, and the reason being that I didn't come into work, even though I tested negative, was uh, I can't wear a mask and be on the radio and be in the same room with you guys. So just playing it safe. And then Kathy actually did test positive uh, over a week ago, and, and she's on the men. So hence the changes today. Uh, but we'll get it together. Uh, in the meantime, business as usual. Let's do the bizarre part. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Dive right into this. I mentioned something earlier about landmines, and Steve Magawa, the famous mine clearing rat who was awarded a gold medal for his heroism, has died at the age of eight. No. 
at it news. It's actually it's actually a pretty incredible story. So Magawa was the most successful rat trained by the Belgian charity a popo to alert human handlers about the mines so that they can be safely removed. The charity said that the African giant pouch rat passed away peacefully at the weekend. And said that Magawa Bring, was get, call my home. family. Call my family. <laughs> most of the last week, playing with his usual enthusiasm, but by the weekend he started to slow down, he was napping more, showing less interest in food in his last days. So bred in Tanzania... Magawa underwent a year of training before moving to Cambodia to begin his bomb-sniffing career. It's amazing. They're, 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 uh, they're thought up to be 6 million landmines in the Southeast Asian Jeez. country. Trained to detect a chemical compound within the explosives, Magawa cleared more than 140,000 square meters of land, the equivalent to 20 football pitches, it says here. Uh, He weighed 2.6 pounds and was 28 inches long. While that's far larger than many other rat species, Magawa was still small enough and light enough that he wouldn't trigger any mines as he walked over them. Preston, wasn't wasn't he going through an acrimonious divorce? I think (laughs) it's... Yeah, and and hence he he didn't mind taking the risk. Yeah, know? yeah. He was, his, he, he was going through some stress. But listen to this. He was. It's pretty astounding. He was capable of searching a field the size of a tennis court in twenty minutes. Now, something uh, that they say would take a person with a metal detector between one and four days. What? That's Rats astonishing. In twenty minutes. So, yeah. Preston, so, quick question, if I, if I may. So, so are, are there how many of these rats are in existence? It's a good question. I don't really know, but but apparently it's it's not an a uh, it's not like a freak thing with yeah. one rat was the one that could do it. So they they can train themselves. You're one crazy ass rat. Yeah. Um, so he was in 2020. Magawa was was awarded the PDSA Gold Medal. Uh, he was the first rat to be given the medal in the charity's 77 year history. Thank you, thank you so much. This is quite an honor, and obviously I love what I do for a living. And the fact that I can just save lives means so much to me. Thank you. Uh, the rat retired just last June. Uh, I think I want out now. I think I'd yes. like to do some, uh, some fishing, uh, you know, play with my grandkids, all the standard stuff. And you know what? I'd uh, like to wear velour. So he, he retired last June after slowing down as he reached his old age. It's pretty incredible I, story. I have never heard about that. And the fact that they can cover that much territory. Uh, by the way, a human who has to do that. I mean, not not to be dismissive of this noble rat, but, uh, you know, you don't want a human blowing up, you know, uh, and so that, that is the risk you run when you do that. Yep. All right. Uh, a number of New Jersey high school students have been charged over a series of alleged sexual assaults that took place in a football team's locker room over a two-month period last year. Oof. The specific number of Wall High School students included in the complaint was not disclosed. All included are juveniles. However, the prosecutor's office said that it was publicizing the news of the criminal complaints in response to intense public scrutiny and to educate victims of hazing, harassment, intimidation, and bullying that such conduct such conduct is not, quote, a rite of passage. The alleged instances of hazing, which took place in September and October last year, were captured in several videos taken by students. Uh, Details of the footage showed a victim struggling with five attackers while others watched, giggled, and shouted, get his legs. Uh, Christopher Adams, a defense attorney for one of the charged students, called the prosecutor's disclosure of the case development, quote, unprecedented and grossly irresponsible, and he downplayed the alleged sexual assault, calling the incidents nothing more than horseplay. Huh. So they're not going to put up with it. No. They're, they're going to go after that. Yeah, that stuff's a bunch of garbage. 
A this is a, uh, a wild story. A um, Canadian politician faced backlash after he posted a picture <laughs> on social media of his wife shoveling snow after she had worked a 12-hour hospital shift. This thing blew up. Yeah, it did. John Reyes, a Manitoba cabinet minister, faced the wrath of Twitter followers for standing inside the warrant and taking a photo while his wife, Cynthia Reyes, shoveled snow in below freezing temperatures. He had tweeted, even after a 12-hour night shift at the hospital last night, my wife still has the energy to shovel the driveway. Eddie says, once the newborn comes, I can give up one of my jobs. He said, God bless bless her and all our frontliners. Uh, time to make some breakfast. So he was trying to show what an awesome wife she was. Right. Yeah. And obviously people were firing back going, dude, get out there and shovel the Seriously. Now, now he said now he was going to make her breakfast, which is cool, I think. But uh, yeah, how, how you could not see that people would respond and say, what is your ass doing inside? She just did 12 hours. So some some Twitter users have claimed because apparently his wife had tweeted out and said uh, had tweeted and said all I wanted to do was shovel like she wanted to do that she enjoys it and some some people are claiming that uh, he created a fake profile for his wife and then tweeted <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah. I would imagine she's going to be speaking to the press sometime sure soon, but nonetheless at least chip in I mean, yeah you know, get out there and do a little bit but I you know she's a Canadian wife maybe she's used to that and maybe wanted to get out and get a car. maybe we can train rats to shovel Preston right oh my god shovel rats <laughs> uh this is a pretty funny story Norwegian conscripts are to return their underwear after completing military service for the next recruits as the army struggles with dwindling supplies due to COVID. So they're they're passing their underwear on to the next people? Uh, that's that's not good. Norway, which guards NATO's northern borders and shares the border with Russia, calls up about 8,000 young men and women for military service every year and until recently allowed newly discharged conscripts to leave barracks with the underwear that they were issued. But the pandemic has seriously strained the flow of surprise supplies with uh, factory shutdowns and transport problems leading to Norwegian military to ask conscripts to hand over underwear, including bras and socks. Is there a formal ceremony in which this occurs? You know what? They probably do a passing <laughs> oh, of the, the underwear. Yeah, passing of the bra. Yeah, the, under- <laughs> the guy comes over with a white glove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does the whole thing. Uh, though originally voluntary, it's now been made mandatory, uh, according to a public report. Uh, a spokesman said, now that we have chosen to reuse this part of the kit, it helps us. We don't have enough in stock. So this room is where we iron the used tampons. All right, and that is what I have in the bizarre file for you for now, my friend. we got some other stories, which we will get to a little bit later on. Uh, Case, are we, how is it going to work with a guest? Are we going to be able to have uh, Chris Long on this morning? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I mean, because we're going to have him on via Zoom. Uh, so he will be able to see you and hear you and, and everything. Uh, you know, if it was on the phone, it would be a lot more difficult, but because it is via zoom, uh, we will be able to, you'll be able to see him and hear him and, and vice versa. Okay. Just slapping it together. Last minute change. So we're trying to figure out what works and what does not. So good to know. All right, let's take a break. We will come back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us on MMR. On the latest Daily Rush, we lost Dr. Wait, why did you bleep that? That's that's his name. Dr. Famous mathematician. Dr. Jacques. He passed away. 
Well, watch the story of Dr. right now on PrestonandSteve.com. All right, 93.3 WMMR, Franz Ferdinand. I have a mouthful of protein oh. cookie. I apologize. There he is. He's here. There you go, Preston. We just did the intro and mentioned the song. Uh, I, I just brought oh, us yeah. into the uh, out from the break here, and I, have, I apologize. I have a protein cookie in my mouth. But I'm sure I saw you finish your apple, so you can probably speak with less garbage in your mouth. Are we on the air right now? Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. I had a time. <laughs> and I thought we had more time than that. Uh, Hi, everybody. Hey. All right. Uh, 821. And, uh, yes, we are, uh, we're doing a little broadcasting from home. I'm at my house. Kathy's at her house. Uh, you're at your house. I don't know where you are. Let's take a look at traffic and see what we're dealing with, uh, this morning. Kathy, what you got for us? A 95 southbound, you're slow from Cutman through to Bridge, the Betsy Ross Bridge to Allegheny, the Vine, westbound jams, the Ben Franklin Parkway to the Schuylkill, Schuylkill eastbound, heavy 202 into Gulf Mills, and then jams from the boulevard to Spring Garden on the westbound side, Pashyang to the Vine, the boulevard out to Conshohocken. The boulevard southbound slows from Broad to Fox, and then uh, in Drexel Hill, Vermont Road closed both directions between School Lane and Fern Boulevard, and that's because of the helicopter crash yesterday at Bloomfield Avenue right in front of United Methodist Church. In New Jersey, 55 northbound, jams Deptford to the 42 freeway. And then in Bordentown, 206 southbound at Duns Mill Road, a disabled tractor trailer has the right lane blocked. This traffic report brought to you by Whole Foods. Prime members save on seafood at Whole Foods Market. Take $4 off per pound of sustainable wild-caught previously frozen sockeye fillets through January 18th. While supplies last, see more on the Whole Foods Market app. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Sorry, I was uh, I was texting with Rodney, uh, our engineer, and uh, trying to figure out what we're going to do broadcast wise. So I, I missed the, the time. <laughs> totally understood, and uh, it was good actually. Uh, Preston uh, Casey was doing a little bit of dancing. I think were you dancing today? Catch you doing that, Casey? You for? did. Uh, I saw the dance. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, Franz Ferdinand. Kathy just saw me dancing. She didn't. <laughs> she didn't hear the music. She didn't know what I was dancing to. Uh, so I I missed that. I was hoping because I went downstairs and we've got. Uh, we have the show on on uh, uh, our Alexa down there, and so I heard the song still going. I'm like, oh, I got plenty of time. Yeah, so I, but there's a delay with, <laughs> and when we actually broadcast live, so I didn't take that into consideration. It's all good, really. When you stop and think about it, and by the way, Casey is basically a, a Russian gymnast on the other side of the board, jumping all over the place, getting this done today. So kudos to you, Casey, for doing that. But uh, I think everything's going pretty well, especially we're going to put a lot more in place tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You got to finish out the week, uh, Preston, at home, and Kathy will yes. see, see what your situation. Is but we're going in the in the right direction here. So it's yep. that's uh, I've stated my tell piece. Mar- tell Marissa, by the way, that I am going to call the hotline right now because I can't. I should have done that before. Yeah. Um. And I need to do that while we're chatting here. And the reason being because if we uh, if we go to any phone calls, uh, then I'll have to actually listen on my phone. But anyhow, that's doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a hell of a show. Um, I do want to talk. What I do want to talk about was uh, what Kathy hit a little bit in the uh, uh, in the traffic report was uh, the helicopter crash in in Delaware County because I saw that yesterday uh, on the news and and actually the national news carried it yeah it was like wow yeah uh, that was pretty wild to see uh, and uh, number two I thought you know in case you made me think of it <laughs> I do want to get a scoreboard going between Delaware County and Bucks County like Hogwarts you know they have the House Cup <laughs> and I would give fifty points to Delaware County for that half fifty wow well no that is clearly and especially 
going to happen is there's going to be, I, I, listen, and I want to get into this story because the, the pilot was amazing and what uh, he or she was able to do. Um, but how, how are you giving Delaware County points for this? That pilot wasn't from Delaware County. Something great happened. In the, it's, <laughs> Here's, it, it is the complete discretion of, of Preston. He is the one who will allow the points. And also, <laughs> oh, if you if right. you stop and think about this, Kathy, Delaware yeah. County was soft enough to cushion the landing. Well, I was also <laughs> thinking, weren't Delaware County residents, like, um, instrumental in, in getting people out of the of the wreckage? 50 and, points, yeah. Delco. Yeah, Has I, to be. And yeah. I think I think that I, I stand by your decision there, Preston. It was amazing because certainly you look at the wreckage, you, you know what happened, and you thought, no one walked away from this, and I, they I did. I think you got to go with Steve's uh, argument, though, that it's <laughs> Delaware County softened the blow. Soft enough for <laughs> Nobody be hurt. So, Casey, do you are you familiar with this church and where this took place? Um, well, not necessarily the church. There's a billion. Church, it's like a billion churches in Delaware County. I know where it is. I know Vermont Road. I uh, I know uh, you know the cross streets and everything. Um, I don't necessarily know that church. I want to say it's close to Huey Avenue. It's, there's a Wawa close to there. Um, but okay. uh, yeah, I've I've never actually been in that church. Uh, if, if anybody was, you know, on scene or or knows someone involved in that, feel free to give us a call, 215-263-WMMR. We'll do our best to uh, to work the phones while we're remote, working remotely today. But uh, it was it was just crazy had, that this guy was able to control that chopper because when those things, when when they start to lose control, you know, with it, with an, uh, now listen, this is me speaking out of my ass, but with, with an aircraft, <laughs> with a fixed-wing aircraft, you have the ability to glide and yeah. to maneuver. Uh, but you are solely at the uh, at the mercy of what those rotors do on those aircraft. That when something goes wrong, um, it's got to be much more difficult to control. Case uh, Kathy, you were going to say something. Well, yeah, and, and you know they're attributing it obviously to the pilot and the fact that uh, that they were able to, to avoid the house, the church. There were wires right. in the area, and that yeah. it was you know it, you are relying on the pilot's experience and how they react in an emergency situation, basically. And this person saved not only you know the baby's life but everybody else on board. So, yeah, the, so on the ground, uh, which is astonishing again with all that stuff and that sort of last minute decision. Now I know there are tactics and things that can be employed, and we don't know and obviously. We'll, we'll learn more as this progresses. Uh, but in the in the classic and very realistic film, President San Andreas, uh, with uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he's a helicopter pilot, and they do have an issue during the, the flight, and they're able to do something that is, I, I apparently... Um, that is a is an actual thing that helicopter pilots can do. I don't know if he employed. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's, it's I, I never saw it. No, okay, it it's a brilliant film. And uh, no, but it, it, you talked about like a fixed wing sort of situation, and then they they you know they they he set it into a mode where the rotors slowed the descent, but you know obviously you've lost control at that point because you, you can't right. directionally glide. You know, that that's the nature of the helicopter. But how it also what you saw, the crash, the yeah. helicopter itself after the pictures, I'm like, oh, my God. And and, yeah. and they walked away yeah. or they were helped yeah. out. It was amazing. Yeah. In fact, there was a woman on the scene. I was watching the uh, the news coverage. Six ABC had it. And they um, there was a woman who said uh, he managed to crash it very gently or something along the lines were, were her her comments. So the people, even the people who saw it were amazed that. It came down as, I guess, as lightly as it did because it must have seemed out of control for her to say, I can't believe he landed as softly as he did. President, we, we, we have a few calls coming in, and, and Steve on the line uh, says he can explain what the pilot did. Can we go to Steve Case? Yeah, we got Steve on the line. Okay. Steve, how are you? Yeah. Uh, 
Can you hear me, Steve? How you doing? Uh, I can't really explain what the pilot did, but I know what he tried to do. Um, I, I was on then on scene for a little bit, but he was going through the parking lot that is almost catacorner to that Wawa on Vermont Road, um, and he didn't make the parking lot. He landed in the street and kind of bounced and then rolled towards the church, but didn't he missed every single wire, every single telephone pole, and didn't even touch the church. So wait, he was he was attempting to pull into the Wawa parking lot. He was no there. Uh, there's an empty parking lot next to that row of stores where the hardware store is and right. um, insurance agency. Um, and it was said that he was going for that parking lot, and for some reason he couldn't make it and landed in the street <laughs> gently and kind of bounced, and then it rolled. Yeah, yeah, Steve. What, I mean, what 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 you're saying is what a couple of people mentioned in in, in the various articles uh, that that was that might have been the goals to go to that parking lot to go down though with a helicopter and not take out any wires, power lines, anything like that is pretty amazing. So yeah, it was like threading a needle because the Fairmont Road's not very wide at all. He missed everything, every telephone pole, wire, mm. vehicle. And anyhow, it was just, it's nothing short of a miracle. All right, thanks. Thanks a lot, Steve. We're going to go to Gary, who was on the scene of the crash. Gary with the fire department. Are you on, Gary? Ah, bees! <laughs> bees! Another crisis. So are, are you with the fire department, Gary? Uh, yeah, so, well, I'm not going to name uh, which uh, department, but um, so basically what I wanted to call in and say was just I wanted to give props to the, the first two companies on scene were Cardington Stonehurst Fire Company and Drexel Hill Fire Company. And they were on scene literally within under three minutes, which was made a huge difference. So, so I, mean, I mean, we're, we're honestly, we're, so if you if you, you take this into consideration, I mean, you're you're right in the middle of everything. God forbid this had it gone down in like a like a wooded area or something. It would have exacerbated the issue. And, 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 and uh, yeah. Yeah. If he, if he bounced, you know, 10 feet, you know, in, in a different direction, it could have been disastrous. So. All right. Well, that's uh, yeah. Obviously, uh, kudos to all the the responders. And in fact, to that point, thanks, Gary. Megan uh, lives near the crash, and her friend's daughter helped pull the pilot out. Megan, is that what happened? Yeah, we live um, about a half mile from the crash site, and my friend's daughter was actually getting a lift to go to a doctor's appointment right there, you know, at that corner, and gotten her lift, and they saw the helicopter go down right next to them. And she's a high school senior. She jumped out with her lift driver, and they she called 911. And uh, the lift driver was there, and somebody said, from coming out of the helicopter, here, take this. And it was actually the baby. So the lift oh driver my grabbed God. the baby, and, and our friend, you know, kind of helped console the pilot on the ground until the, you know, ambulance could get there. But it was it was quite a scene. A FedEx driver jumped in. A bunch of bystanders jumped in to help. That's Listen, that's Delco, you guys. Yeah, yes. That's why Delco gets 50 points. No, and honestly, stop and think about it, Megan. (laughs) I mean, in that, you would think, you. I I think you'd be dazed. You're like, is this a movie? What what am I watching? And then the, 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 the helicopter was on the way to chop, was it not? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so the, yep. the the baby, the whole thing. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I I would like to think I would respond in that way. I mean, you know, God bless everyone that did that and responded. You know, turned on a dime and was able to help out to process that. You yeah, know. To, you know. Listen. I mean, Kathy. Also, we don't know anything about the pilot, but the pilot 
could be from Bucks County. We could maybe. No, you know, I, I think the pilot's actually uh, probably out of Maryland because that's where the um, chopper originated from. But um, Megan was right. I think that was her name. She called in that yeah. the, um, the the girl who was on her way to school, like she got out and, and was like telling the pilot, trying to calm the pilot down, saying it's going to be OK. Nine, you know, we called 911. Help is on the way. And that the baby was literally handed to the lift driver and said, hold this. That's amazing. That that is so awesome. And I mean, there was so much crap. We've had some horrible stories, you know, with uh, with fires and things of that nature. To to get a win on this, uh, something that could have been horrible, reversed 180 degrees. We actually have Renato. Is that your name, Renato? Yes, that's me. Yep. Okay, Renato, you can explain. You say what happened and what the pilot did. The actual tactic he used to control the landing. What happened? So, in a normal helicopter flight, air is moving um, from the top of the co- of the blade down through the, the blades. So when they lose power, they change the pitch of the blades on the helicopter so that air is now moving up through from bottom to top and is actually spinning the rotor uh-huh. until, so they can keep enough speed. And then right at the last minute before they, they come close to the ground, they position the, the angle of the blades back to flight, and it'll act as like an air brake and slow the helicopter down right before it hits the ground. So correct me if I'm wrong, but you're basically saying the classic film San Andreas with Dwayne The Rock Johnson (laughs) was correct when they displayed this tactic. Yep, yep. It's called auto-rotation. All right. Thanks so much, Renato. (laughs) You know, you got to give credit where credit is due, and that movie was amazing. Uh, Preston, did you take... take um, helicopter lessons, or am I? I did not, but I but I did actually take the controls of one one time because when I was uh, working in radio in St. Louis, there was a. Um, you remember when they used to have a uh, helicopter uh, traffic reporters? Yes, uh, was a guy named Alan Barklage. He was well known in in the town, and um, actually a Vietnam veteran. He he flew you know a lot of uh, uh, missions in in Vietnam as a, as a uh, combat pilot, and so I got to go up with him in a helicopter one time. We flew around all day. Wow! The traffic reports, and towards the end of it, he's like, "All right," he's like, and I was sitting in the front next to him, and there's two sets of controls, and uh, the throttle is in is in the middle of say the um, like the center console, and then you have the stick in, in between your legs and the pedals, and so I got a chance to uh, to do it and and fly around a little bit, and it's it's a pretty amazing. Um, operation that you have to be able to a series of things that you have to be able to to do to control those. So the um, the stick in the middle in the center console uh, moves up and down. It's almost like um, what the old uh, uh, handbrake used to look like yeah. in a car. Okay, or yeah. it moves in that motion. So you have that, but it also has a a throttle on it that twists. Okay, so you move it up and down to accelerate uh, uh, to um, ascend and descend. And then you rotate it uh, to get your power, your throttle, to go faster or slower. And then the stick moves you uh, forward, backward, left, right. Um, I guess yaw and pitch. Or, or no, yaw and pitch are your feet. And that's that rear uh, fan blade in, in the back there okay. that controls that speed. And that's what moves uh, the orientation uh, from left to right. But those things, you know, you can fly sideways. You can fly backwards. Sure. Aren't all kinds of different ways and so it's real easy to get confused what direction you're going yeah and so that's why those people are highly trained at what they do and you can get all kinds of weird sensations of movement uh that are kind of tricking your mind to thinking that you're moving forward but you're actually moving sideways or whatever it may be and so uh he he had me fly around for a little bit and then he showed me how to hover it 
which was this really wild little game you have to do between uh, your feet and and the stick. And actually, it's using all of them at the same time. And it's weird. You just don't, like, hold it in one position, and we're, and now we're hovering. You're, like, constantly making these little bitty adjustments yeah. uh, to stay in one place. It was really an eye-opener. It was cool. And if I, you know, had more time and wasn't terrified of something like that <laughs> yeah. happening yesterday, I'd probably... Go after trying to do lessons like that. What it's really? Well, cool. and what all if he, controls are so sensitive too. Yeah. Yes. You know, so to think about having to to land that, you know, amongst the houses, the church, the wires, all of that, yeah. you know, in an emergency. And like you said, they they are trained to do that. Like I think that whatever their yearly, you know, update is or whatever, they go through that process of, I guess, losing power. Yeah, um, Chuck D'Amico actually took one helicopter uh flight lesson really? uh yeah yeah it was somewhere in, in new jersey and uh i think he he wanted to learn how to do it and i think he did it for one of his birthdays it might have been like his 30th birthday or something like hey, that keep in mind we have the the helicopter museum yes uh, it's it's in i think it's in west goshen yep uh, or westchester cool. yeah or westchester yeah we've been there and uh and I, they can take you on rides and stuff i would imagine that they they would know a thing or two about exactly what went on yesterday and also about, you know, getting people lessons if they'd be interested in learning something. Have like you ever that. seen the movie Everest about that that ill-fated climb that, that year where so many people died on, uh, on the mountain? I didn't. I heard it's great. Right. Well, there's the, they, they, they send up, they're up at a certain altitude, and so they're going to risk sending a helicopter up to rescue a few people. But at a certain altitude, a helicopter will not operate, you know, so... They were right at the edge, and the, and they call it one of the most miraculous things ever because these pilots, they took seats out. They took everything out to get up there to rescue, um, you know, and, and, and just made it by the uh, by the hair of their uh, uh, hairy balls. But, no, but the, uh, it was an amazing thing uh, that they were able to do this, and, and they, they kind of give an indication of just, as you were saying, Kathy, how precarious the subtle movements are on the helicopter to get it to do exactly what you want it to do. Yeah. All right, favorite helicopter scene in a movie, since we've referenced a, a few helicopter moments in movies. I have one to, to kind of kick it up. I don't know if it's my favorite one, uh, but in uh, in Die Hard, when the FBI guys finally show up. And they <laughs> yeah. Come in. Just, just like Saigon, man. I was in high school, dickhead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think uh, Terminator 2 has a really great, yep. uh, like a series of uh, helicopter scenes, and there's there is one scene... In Terminator 2, where Robert Patrick, uh, the, yeah. the T-1000, is actually flying the helicopter with three hands. He uh, He's <laughs> flying the helicopter, he's shooting out the front, and he's and, and then his other hand is... So there's a moment where, like, I don't know if James Cameron was trying to do that because he's this cyborg that can have three hands, or if it was just a, a glitch. But, like, he flies underneath an overpass at one point, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's badass. They're, they're, uh, honestly, I would say Everest has... That, that's a pretty amazing scene. There's a movie from years ago called Blue Thunder, Preston. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Roy Scheider, Roy Scheider yeah, yeah, where he, he does a... Uh, was there a TV show? There was. Yeah, okay. It was terrible. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, it, and, in fact, um, uh, oh, man, uh, Saturday Night Live, Church oh. Lady. Um, oh, uh, Dana, Dana Carvey. Carvey. Dana Carvey was, that was one of his first TV roles, was in the TV version of Blue Thunder. <laughs> All that right. didn't last long. No, no, no. Because um, I was thinking about Airwolf on TV, which was also a, a right. great helicopter show. Uh, <laughs> Apocalypse Now. Has, yes. Has, Known for those uh, those uh, helicopter moments, but it would be pretty badass uh, to be able to be a, a pilot, a helicopter. Those th that level of expertise, those rescue workers. Uh, in oh. fact, it, there's a scene in the classic film San Andreas with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, 
where uh, they do a, a cliff rescue. Uh, you know, but the, the, again, people who do that, they can fly a precision, do a precision flight along. You, you talked about updraft against a cliff or, you know, when you're in a valley or all the various things you need to take into consideration. That's why with this pilot pulled off is so miraculous, you know, uh, that he was able to do this. But it, it is, uh, you know, those are, those people who are really, really good at it are um, very much in demand. There's a, a book and a movie, The Perfect Storm, you know, with George Clooney and Wahlberg. And, and I don't know if they, this happens in the movie, but I know that they, uh, they describe it in the book, Steve. There's a part where uh, there's a sea rescue with a helicopter, right. the Coast Guard sea rescue. And um, oh. they have to, it's really, really challenging because the waves are like 75 feet high, right? It's depicted in the movie, Is yeah. It, okay, all right. And and so there's a there's this moment where they have to decide where to hover the helicopter because at some points, the people they're trying to rescue are 150 feet below them and at other times, they're 225 feet below them. It's and in, and it changes thing. within a second. They exactly, actually do yeah. a very good job of depicting that in okay. the movie. Yeah. yeah. And I would, I would assume that if, if you're over <laughs> moving water like that... Um, you're, the altimeters that they use, right. I, I assume, are like at sea level. And how would that make oh, yeah. any sense if it's moving underneath you? I don't know. How well, that also, works. it occurred. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but that that particular it occurred at at night yes. when they were trying to do the rescue yeah, right. in a storm. In a storm. I saw I saw a news report one time. There was a uh, a, a helicopter rescue that had to be done in swift moving water. It was a river. Uh, and I, I don't know if somebody was in their vehicle or whatever, and they were stranded on it, and they brought this helicopter in, and the pilot was saying, and they showed footage of it, when you're hovering above fast-moving water, you're looking directly down. You're looking at the water. You can't tell mm. if you are moving or not because uh, look yeah, like oh, yeah. the water running beneath you like you're actually going really fast when you're not moving at all. And this guy was able to hover in place even though he was looking down at the river and rescue these people. And it was it's pretty amazing Do you know, what, what people are trained to uh, adjust to. Yeah, I, I am fascinated by this particular pilot. You know, any pilot, anybody who has the balls to go do that is pretty amazing. But uh, another aspect of um, being able to be a helicopter pilot and being proficient at it, Preston, we watch the videos of the guys who tend to the high power lines mm. uh, yes. and, and, and the guys who work on that. And they actually have a helicopter hover next to the wire, and the guys will get out. They have to make sure that they're not completing a circuit when they do that. Of course, they explode into flames, and it's a very precise maneuver, but it's astonishing. There's also that that scene, and and some of the stuff, you know, these are movies, and you don't know if they're (laughs) they're legit or not, but uh, in Hunt for Red October, when they're going to drop off... Oh, yeah, um, Jack Ryan. uh, Jack Ryan, they they said, you know, he's hanging from this cord, and they're like, don't touch him. Yeah. Because the rotors cause static electricity. <laughs> oh, man. And, the guy re- and, and they have to try to ground him first or something like that. And the guy reaches out and touches him and, and gets this outrageous electric shock from that. And I wonder how much, you know, truth there is. To I'm something. sure there's a lot of truth. I mean, listen, all the, all the things that are in motion at that point. Yeah, that would make sense. I would just let him dangle. You know what? I always think about when they fly in formation, if you see more than one helicopter flying in formation and, like, one they fly so close like one little thing happens with one helicopter like the others have to be right on top of it to move out of the way or do what they have to do you have to be very conscious of upro upro no one was gonna pull and then finally kathy did what's up bro how long 
Ever conversation <laughs> have you been sitting on that? Well, the second time Steve said updraft, I was like, okay, where's my scene here? <laughs> Sorry, jump yeah, into my I'm, I'm taking away five points from Dylan. Oh, no! no! Oh, you said last year that you weren't taking any points away. You were only awarding points. <sighs> I don't remember that part. Definitely gets points taken away. May I speak to your to your sense of generosity and and restore those five points, Preston? It it wasn't their fault. So going back to this uh, to to the helicopter crash and and uh, successful avoidance of of any loss of life, really bad thing happening. They they have not revealed the identity of the uh, of the pilot yet, Kathy. No, I haven't seen a name for the pilot. Um, there were other crew members on board and the baby. Like, originally when I heard it, I thought, oh, okay, uh, the parents, you know, maybe were on board. But it, but it wasn't. They were just transporting the baby. And it's, I guess, a service um, that they do out of uh, Chambersburg, Pennsylvania. The pilot is listed as G. Lauer. <laughs> Stop, Stop it. God. Stop it. Hey, um, when you're talking about uh, helicopter movies and, and badass helicopter moments in movies, the helicopter that they use in Rambo, First Blood Part 2. Right. That has, are those wings or are those just things that the, are, are like, it's an apparatus to put rockets or missiles on? Do you know what I mean? Some, well, there are some quasi I, wings I on. I assumed they were, they were just for ordnance, but yeah. I, I don't know for okay. sure. Okay, all right. I wasn't I sure. I like to think of them as wings. <laughs> Yep. There's a uh, there was a text that yes. came in that says I was uh, I was in airborne infantry and we used to do Humvees of the helicopters and we had to, a copper lead uh, I'm sorry a copper lead that was plugged into the ground to discharge the helicopter oh my before hooking it up or it would f everything up so the, like these guys had to coordinate both the Humvees and the helicopters and the copper lead at the same time. Uh, wow. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's yeah. that's pretty wild. We actually, Casey, can we go to Beth on the line? She was yeah. um, she's yeah, been yeah. on for a while. Uh, Beth. Um, uh, you uh, you were you had an experience with the uh, with the crash. What did you uh, what happened in your area? Hey guys, I was literally like right there when it happened yesterday. And Delco is not that small, so I don't know. I haven't been on Vermont Road in years, and for some reason, I was taking my dog to the vet. I was in the parking lot waiting, and I heard a crash, and I thought for sure. It had to be like a big truck that got hit or right. something. and Or they were doing road construction on Vermont Road yesterday. And it wasn't until I left at 1 o'clock, I pulled down Vermont Road, about to turn onto it. There's just cops everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't believe that that happened yesterday. That was wild. Is, this isn't Beth Gardner, is it? It is. Oh! You called the regular line? <laughs> Beth, you can call in. Yeah. We, we, th- that's the whole hotline arrangement is for you, so you can call in with helicopter crash stories. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I sat here for that. Okay. Well, by the way, like this is a year or two too late, but yeah. uh, rest in peace, Sir Sean Connery, your cad, because yeah. I mean, I just oh, one of the you. greatest names of all Mr. time, Mister Sir, Mr. Sir, yes, Sir. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for thinking of him during this time. Thank sure. you. Yes. yes. Congrats Congrats on your times. Baby. Well, Beth, I didn't realize you were that close to it. Uh, you, uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's it, again. In your mind, I'm sure you you never expect to see something like that. We're used to in a, in a movie theater, of course, but this is the real world, and you're seeing right. the fuselage of a helicopter. I was and, trying and to speaking... rationalize what just happened. I heard something. It was so loud. I was like, it has to be a car accident. And then yeah. I turned down the street, and there's a helicopter down. <laughs> By the way, I don't, I don't think Beth can hear me, guys. She so can't. Ask, ask this question oh, sorry, uh, for me. Uh, did she did she break out her phone and start videoing like we do in a month? So, so Preston just asked. No, oh, she, absolutely she not. Can't. I called my husband, and I said, holy crap, there's something going on. <laughs> I don't know what's happening down the street, but 
Why did any- I take my dog to the vet today at this time? <laughs> Does anyone have a camera? She's got a trunk full of them. No, that, that's, uh, um, well, it's, it's good to talk to you, Beth, and, um, and, and, and thanks for, for checking in, and we hope to see you sometime soon. Uh, okay. some, some calls are coming in, Preston, about, um, let's go to Carl, because he, he brings up a good one, uh, as far as helicopter scenes in movies. Oh. Hot Carl, you're on. Hey, my house was so quiet I could hear everybody coming. <laughs> okay. Did I say that or something? Yeah, when you were little, when you would uh, have special time together, you said it was good because your house is so old you could hear anybody coming. Okay. All right. Thank you, Carl. Uh, that being said, um, the best, I think the best movie scene is in Jurassic Park when the Colonel Sanders guy goes, welcome to Jurassic Park, and the helicopter comes down and you see the whole island. The Colonel Sanders guy. <laughs> You're talking about yeah. Richard Attenborough? Yeah. The yeah, classically Attenborough. trained Shakespearean yeah. British actor. That's so, welcome to Kentucky Fried Island. Just because he's got a white beard does not make him Kentucky Fried Island. He's right, though. Yeah. By the way, that, and I'll go, Carl, I'll back you up on that. That is a very cool helicopter. Yes. The ones that yeah, have well, the, the retracting wheels and the, um, so it just becomes like this bullet. Um, yeah, that's yeah. like the helicopters that they use in succession, you know, right. ultra-rich uh, people. Heli- Colonel right. Sanders level. <laughs> right, yeah. people helicopters. Harlan Sanders level helicopters. And yeah. you, you also bring up a point about Bill Burr. Yeah, Bill Burr is a clinically, or, I guess clinically would be the worst. <laughs> he's been diagnosed as a helicopter <laughs> he's pilot. He's a rocket surgeon. Yeah, he's a rocket, he's, yeah, he's a brand <laughs> scientist. No, um, is, is he, is he a full, fully certified pilot? I knew he was taking fully. lessons. He did an East Coast comedy tour a couple years back, and he flew to each location. He had it uh, prior planned out with each little micro airport. Wow! He flew his helicopter to each comedy, uh, each comedy show, and he talks a lot about it a lot on his podcast. But like all the technical terms that all these people have been talking about so far, like he's been covering all that stuff. I just find it really impressive. No, I agree. I agree. We flew him. We had a live broadcast at JP Mascaro, and we flew him out on a helicopter. I wonder if we incited him to take lessons. Yeah, that's probably we're probably responsible for all of the things. Reach out to him and see if he wants to comment on this uh, thing that happened. Yeah, we can do that. Absolutely do that. We're yeah. talking to you, Carl. Can you reach out? No, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll call, Colonel Sanders. call Colonel Sanders. All right. Thanks a lot, Carl. Uh, a clinically trained helicopter. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm a clinically trained doctor. Steve, a, uh, a couple of texts came in, and uh, I'd forgotten about this one, but the uh, In Dark Knight Rises, the Batwing, <sighs> and I don't know if that's technically a helicopter or even what that I love is. it. No, it's when you're not sexy. <laughs> no, 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 That's a Batwing. Different Batwing, Casey. But that. It's like a TIE fighter when you bend your sack the right way. Right. That's a different... He's right. <laughs> different Batwing. Batwing. I'll tell you this. I did research on the Batwing, which I think is an incredibly cool... <laughs> it is a bull trick. It is. They say that um, you would... the it, Theoretically, it, it, it wouldn't work. Right. Because that, that particular device is not lifting, it's pushing down. Uh, the, you remember the fan unit pushes down, and uh, that would be too too difficult to lift that whole thing up. So wow. if you're ever wondering if Batman is real, no, no. <laughs> but the great movie San Andreas. I just can't. Uh, I when so many bat wings in front of you, like in mid conversation, because it happens from time to time. You'll it see sticks. somebody usually just, in the summer. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they turn their their right leg out, yeah. or depending on which leg, and they lift it up real quick. You know what they're doing. Yeah, they're decoupling their nutsack from their thigh. Yep. It's the little peel that takes place. Oh, my God. Hey, Kathy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kathy I mean, did not include that aspect in the news report. Well, 
pretty amazing, and I'm yeah. interested to see uh, when they eventually, and, and I hope so, uh, have a chance to talk to this pilot, thank him, and find out what his um, experience was like, or, or actually anybody, and, yeah. and hopefully, does, did anybody ever find out why uh, this infant was being taken uh, to CHOP as well? Hopefully it wasn't something that was, you know, I mean, it was a helicopter flight, so it may have been pretty serious. So You, you know what, I, Preston, I'm not positive, I, I actually probably should have looked it up, but I, I think it's, fr from what it sounded like in the report, that it's like one of those services, like there's another uh, organization somewhere out of Allentown that does similar, so it, it seemed as though they were transporting the baby, obviously, for a reason, there were no parents on board, um, so, so they did need to get the baby there for whatever okay. Reason. Um, they said that you know the baby was okay from the crash, but didn't comment on you know any reason why the baby was being flown. I would like to hope that because this miracle happened, that whatever is the issue with the yeah. baby, that that'll carry over as well, and we'll get another miracle, and, and or at least mm -hmm. something that's that's good for this child because this this is an, a, a miraculous thing, and 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 carry it forward. We can only hope. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of follow up on this story, and we'll we'll make sure we cover that. All right. Let us take a break. Uh, we got Chris Long, who's coming up in a little while, and uh, more goodies on the way. Text word, secret, uh, to 39333. We have those dirty honey tickets uh, to give away. And who else is performing with them, Casey? Mammoth, Wolfgang Van Halen. There you go. So, uh, chance for you to win that. We'll text word. You text word, secret, 39333. Send the word back to you. We'll get a caller uh, a little bit later on a random texter uh, to win. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. Want to see something funny? Uh, or maybe really messed up? Well, watch The Daily Rush at PrestonandSteve.com. It's a sight to behold. Or something like that. From 93.3 WMMR. Preston, we have some uh, breaking news, correct, Nick? Yeah, we do. Oh. So we we just got this announcement from Eric Simon in our promotions department. The Dirty Honey Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen show is uh, going to be postponed. So it was going to happen on Tuesday the 18th. We were giving away tickets for this show. Uh, it's now going to be Thursday, March 31st. So if you had tickets or you were trying to win tickets, uh, they will be honored. But the show itself that was scheduled for Tuesday the 18th, is postponed and is now going to be on Thursday, March 31st. Okay, so that doesn't okay. change the fact that we have them to give away for secret text word today. So if you still want to text secret to 39333, we will still have those tickets to give away. It will obviously just be honored at the later date. Yes, yeah, and not that much later. Yeah, that's doable. Absolutely. Uh, so back to this uh, Studio 666 thing. Uh, I didn't know how they were going to the, play this off. And uh, if you watch the trailer, it's... So the uh, the band, the whole everybody in the band is in this, and uh, they're looking for a uh, uh, a place to record the new album. And sometimes bands will go to you know, like farmhouses and stuff like that, and they'll uh, they'll they'll take an outside of the box approach. Right, we want a different sound, proper equipment. Yeah, yeah, and they'll bring the proper equipment, and so that's kind of what they're doing, I guess, in this movie. And they they find this place, and Dave is checking the uh, the acoustics, and you'll do that by yeah, you know, clapping your hand like that and hear how the echo is. And the moment he does that. He has like this uh, demonic vision, and uh, it starts to head down that path, and then you see Dave becoming possessed. And it looks, and those guys are hilarious as it is. I mean, their regular music videos and stuff are always clever and funny, and so you know what this I reminds me of. Awesome. President, years ago, when they wanted the Beatles to do a movie, they said, you know, we don't want to just. Do you know? Uh, oh, we oh, this is us, you know, and and uh, like you know, standard stuff. They made two of the funniest comedy movies, in my estimation, uh, ever: A Hard Day's Night and Help. And in Help, they have this crazy story 
uh, you know, a globe-trotting sort of thing. Here, the Foo Fighters just went all in, it appears, and do you notice who their crazy female neighbor is? Whitney Cummings. Who we had, a, yeah, we had her on the show yesterday, and uh, yeah, it's but she's obviously prominent in the movie, and that's pretty cool. But there's a whole list of celebrity cameos. I didn't pick up on that. I did recognize a couple of faces, and I can't remember off of the uh, the top of my head who I saw. But Jeff Garland, gonna be, yep, gonna be right. Oh yeah, yeah, from the Goldbergs, and and uh, a whole bunch of other musicians. And uh, I love this. I love what he did. Um, uh, uh, Dave's uh, role in Pig of Destiny. He plays the devil. Uh, the, you know, and he's he's totally done up in prosthetics and everything. But he's he's very funny. And you're right; they do have a good sense of humor. Do you know, and, and Bill is just going to be horrified to hear this, okay. what, what band movie was really cute and funny was Spice, Spice World. World. Yes, <laughs> Spice World was trying to do what the Beatles movies did and, yeah. and do something funny, and they did, and they're self-deprecating. I took my niece to see that, Preston. on uh, the niece? Yeah, yeah and, uh, and uh, I remember when it came out, and I'm like, you know, uh, this, this is better than I thought it was going to be. It was a lot of fun. It was cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. Well, listen, we got a few minutes. Uh, Chris Long is going to be joining us and uh, we need a little bit of time to play with. So, oh, real quick, can I do a shard out, guys? Yes. You a won't be able to hear the shard, but we'll do it. They had requested that this take place on Friday, January, January 14th, but I'm getting it in now. Um, this is from Erwin Roman, who says, My wife, Bree, listens to your show every day. Her birthday is Friday, January 14th. She'd be absolutely elated if she got a shard out on the show. Here's a few reasons why I think she deserves a shard out. Number one, she's an awesome, awesome wife. Number two, uh, she's an even better monitor, a little guy, Vinny, and his future little brother or sister. She's 17 weeks prego. Uh, three, she makes sure to let me know when the bizarre files are on. And four, I had to change it back to shart from the auto-corrected share like five times. So hopefully you guys can make her day. Have a great week, gang. So a shart out, please. Okay, done. All right, and that is for uh, his wife, Bree, uh, Irwin's wife, Bree. All right, so we got a little time to play with, so I think we may as well uh, clear the stock a little bit at the general store. No, we're doing the general store. Where Preston Elliott is your proprietor. He's greeting you at the door, but he's doing it remotely. He's actually yeah. in his bedroom with his pants on. Uh, I well, I could be with my pants off. I'm wearing my pajama pants. Right? Yeah, why not? That's a yeah, pretty beautiful thing. All right, so <laughs> I saw this uh, on uh, on a shelf, and I brought it down because I definitely wanted to bring this up. This is pretty messed up. So. Uh, the History Channel uh, series Vikings. Yes, I've never watched. It's been on forever. Um, but I know that uh, some people who, you know, really, really love it. So it's a fictional account of a legendary Norse hero, a guy named uh, Ragnar Lothbrok. Yeah. Um, and he is a Scandinavian king. Early in the series, a rival leader named, uh, I guess it's Jarl or Jarl Borg. Yeah. Uh, leads an attack on Ragnar's men. Now, Ragnar performs this thing called the Blurn. Blurn, Blurn. Uh, or the Blood Eagle on Borg. It is a gruesome process of ritualized torture and execution allegedly carried out during the Viking Age. Have you guys heard of this? So does this, does this hold um, um, actual historical um, significance? Is this actually something that they would do? Well, this is what this uh, article kind of explores a little okay. bit. Okay. So. Uh, so, yes. Uh, no, I have not heard of this. 
So the series uh, apparently prides itself in being a historically accurate uh, show and or as close to it as it can be, which is a challenge given that much of what we know about Viking Age comes from like poems telling of their achievements and spoken poem rather than written down. It didn't finally got written down centuries later. So uh, is especially the case with the blood eagle ritual, which has long been dismissed as mere legend, uh, whether because of repeated misunderstandings during translations of the poems or perhaps a uh, desire by uh, Christian scholars to portray the pagan Vikings as barbaric. So they don't know for sure. But the blood eagle purportedly involved carving open the victim's back, (sighs) cutting the ribs away from the spine, and then pulling out the lungs through the opening to display them uh, on the outspread ribs. And the victim was allegedly alive the entire time, and his last breaths would cause a final fluttering of the lungs akin to the fluttering of a bird's wing. So it would kill them. Uh, It would kill them, yes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, That sounds, yeah, very brutal. Also mentioned the pouring of salt on the victim's wounds as well. Would they also do the bat wing? Mm. Uh, <laughs> they stick it. They, they glue your nutsack <laughs> to your thigh and then make uh, you run. Regardless of whether it is fact or legend, performing such a ritual while challenging would have been anatomically possible with the tools available at the time, according to the authors of a recent paper. Okay, so hang say, on a second. Think that it would have been possible. It would have been possible. They're not. They're not verifying that it was something that was done routinely. Yeah, they're not 100% sure. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't know why they do, they do this for torture. This isn't like a... No, uh, when you get a promotion. All right. Um, <laughs> it's torture and execution. Yeah. You know? Okay. The In Midsummer, isn't there something similar that they do in Midsummer? Where, where uh, they, they, they... You see the dude's, you see the the dude's guy. lungs. Uh, and it's possible. Midsummer has a lot of very, very creative remember? stuff. They walk into the barn. The guy walks into the barn. Right. And he sees he's sort friend. of eviscerated there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, maybe. I feel like you, because you, you think he's dead, but yeah. then you see, I'm fairly certain you see his lungs. Do you know that, that whole alive sort of splayed thing, Preston? One scene that always gets me, and I, I love horror movies. I'm a massive fan, but the one scene that in a movie that really just makes me like, uh, is the scene where Ray Liotta is being fed his own brain uh-huh. in Hannibal? Oh, uh-huh. Hannibal! Yeah, yeah. I mean, to yeah. me, that that is just so so uh, bizarre and uncomfortable. I thought you were going to say another one for the Hannibal Lecter lore because in Silence of the Lambs, when uh, when he breaks out of the uh, the cell that they have him in, he he hangs the guy up in the corner with his arms right, mm-hmm. right, eviscerated him like as, as all of his intestines were hanging out and everything. Pretty messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but apparently they said that the blood eagle uh, would have been in keeping with the Vikings' cultural moors. Uh, however, the victim inevitably uh, inevitably would have died from shock and blood loss very early on in the process. So the final fluttering of the lungs is probably poetic license. I would imagine you'd have to be trained, like the, the kind of guys who uh, prepare blowfish mm. at a sushi restaurant. Sure, you have to do yeah, it the right way. Well, yeah. I was watching that show alone on uh, it's uh, on Netflix, and it's these these ten people yeah. are alone by themselves in the uh, Alaskan wilderness, and this one chick, press, she is super cute, but she's very very outdoorsy, and she kills a rabbit. 
Okay. Yeah. So she kills a rabbit, and as she's you know preparing the rabbit, and the camera's there, and she goes, "Oh, you know, you got to check out this trick." And she takes the rabbit's lungs and she starts blowing it up like a balloon. Real, I know, really, really bizarre stuff. And then she turns a uh, a bear's rectum into finger puppets. That's um, yeah. That was, well, she's trying to entertain herself. She's out there by herself, Steve. <laughs> At a certain point, eat the food, but don't turn it into a game. You know, know what I'm right? saying? All right, well, I thought that was kind of interesting and uh, worth uh, getting that, off the That's camera. crazy. Blood Eagle. Um, okay, so the TSA released its annual list of some of the most unusual items confiscated at airport security checkpoints last year. Um, the list from the safety agency includes a puzzling collection of items. What happened there? I think Kathy has like a... Is okay, Kathy? A puzzling collection of items ranging from a chainsaw flagged at a security checkpoint at Louis Armstrong, New Orleans International Airport uh, to a breakfast burrito stuffed with methamphetamine. And that was snagged at an airport in Houston. Can you buy those right in the airport? Uh, the list highlights another tumultuous year for the agency as airports have dealt with issues associated with another year of the pandemic, including a sharp rise in coronavirus cases among employees and the number of travelers peaked in November, reaching the highest level since the start of the pandemic. The TSA also confiscated nearly, and this blows my mind, 5,700 firearms at checkpoints. You would assume year. you would assume the word has gotten out by this time that <laughs> you can't bring web like guns onto the flight. You can well, check and, them. And out of 5700, I mean, you know, was there even one of those that somebody had ill intent? Yeah. You know, at, that that that's got to make you wonder. I think the odds that. are pretty good that you had at least a couple that might have been looking to do something during the flight. Maybe, yeah. So, if you can't bring um, more than three ounces of shampoo, you can't bring your Glock. Uh, so 5,700 firearms, that's the highest number ever recorded in a single year since the agency's inception. So here are the the top ten catches uh, that they have ranked, and they go from ten to one. And I'll save you the suspense. Number one is the chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody thought that was legit. Uh, number 10, uh, bullets in deodorant. That was found in Atlantic City. Oh, my gosh. Atlantic City International Airport. Yep. Sometimes you just want to shoot that stink out. Uh, in, uh, uh, in Newark, they had an antique pistol that somebody tried to uh, to bring on. So there's two for Jersey. Uh, the meth burrito was in Texas, like I said, at Hobby <laughs> International Airport. Uh, that could be a band name, by the way, President. Meth burrito. Meth burrito. <laughs> meth burrito. Yeah. Please write that down. All right. Yeah. Put that on my and stack behind write me. Write down Blood Eagle. Blood Eagle. <laughs> Opening for meth burrito. We have Blood Eagle on the thing, meth burrito. <laughs> they uh, were great, right? <laughs> somebody brought a, uh, a gun belt buckle, which I assume is a real gun that right. is as a belt buckle. Uh, that was at uh, Honolulu International Airport. Quick question here, Preston. Uh, just a, a quick question. I wanted to ask, is anyone, the last time when we were flying actually to Chicago for the um, uh, Hall of Fame uh, induction, did you guys do that? There's a, a TSA thing now where they um, they pair you up and you walk along a path and uh, their dogs sniff you. Do you know what I'm talking about? I didn't do that at Chicago, but I have done that in um, uh, Tampa. I did it here. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. And then, yeah. Press, your wife got filled up again at the uh, TSA every time, right? 
I think she did. Now, we've been on a good run like the last two, three times that we've flown. They have not uh, gone after her. But, yes, almost every single time <laughs> Rochelle gets singled out and they have to, they got to search her. Do they ever? We're going to have to feel this one up. <laughs> well, it's a female on female, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, I uh, talked to, I know somebody who got pulled through and it was a female yeah. on female. And they essentially went through her front butt, uh, and like in, they, they in be, finger blasting, cavity search in the front. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, no, they didn't. But it, it was outside. It was, there was nothing inside, but it was so evasive that there was. Uh, it was in, had, like, so you're saying like the labia, like there, there was uh, in between that, like she got she got a front wedgie, kind of. Yeah, with with a finger. Wow. Wow, that seems very invasive. Very invasive, right? Unless you're a gynecologist. Mm-hmm. And the last time I remember, they don't have those at the airport. You want a quick pap um, smear while you're in there? Mm. Right, totally. Uh, just a couple more quick items. Uh, in Harrisburg, uh, somebody tried to bring a meat cleaver onto the oh. plane with them. <laughs> uh, in uh, Destin, Florida, uh, somebody tried to bring bear spray on. At uh, Reagan, Washington National Airport, somebody tried to bring a machete onto the plane. Thank you. Off the hook. Well, all right. So yeah. I want to ask, you had mentioned uh, the bear spray, but I wanted to ask about, um, like, mace now, right? Um, Personal mace? Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, people carry it with them all the time. Yeah. yeah they have it know, on their backpacks and whatever. I don't think like, so. You know, women and stuff like that. Like, You'd have to check that. You would not be able to bring that yeah, onto a flight. You can't carry that on a flight. Right. All right, but yeah. what is... All right, so... Uh, what about a cat of nine tails? Uh, no, but when it comes to carrying mace, suppose yeah. you're, you're, you're carrying that and you want to go into a sporting event or anything along those lines, and it's on your keychain or, or something along those lines. I, I, I think you're going to get flagged, right? Yeah, I don't I mean, know. I, I, I used to carry it. I used to carry it um, on my keychain, and I, I don't ever remember like having an issue with it, Case. But I'll tell you what, I did throw it out because it started to leak, and oh, I was carrying the keys and then touched my eye. So oh, my I was like, God. "Okay, we're going to get rid of the, the mace now." Yeah, but I wonder about uh, you know going to uh, you know a sporting event. Yeah, uh, if if they would not allow that, that's a good question. Do not know the answer. Um, one last thing. Uh, somebody at uh, Syracuse uh, Airport tried to bring fireworks onto the aircraft as well. Just a few Roman candles to get the uh, stewardess's attention. <laughs> You're not even yeah. allowed to check fireworks, right? Like, can you even check I those? Don't. You're bringing an explosive, right. a level of explosive on board. You know, you, can, you could bring, correct me if I'm wrong, you could bring a, a firearm. Yeah. Checked in your luggage, yeah, right? One time you and I were coming back from Orlando, and I believe there was a, like, a rifle team that was yeah. getting onto a, a plane. I don't know if they were getting on our flight, but they, you know, they had their rifles that they were, you know, checking at the... Yeah, uh, as, far as, as far as firearms go, I, I know that you can check them, but I believe that you have to have uh, proper permission because they're also... Um, uh, state laws, yes, uh, concerning crossing state lines. It's not like you're going to New Jersey with a gun. It's a different story than being in Pennsylvania. So, if you're flying one uh, with one as well, I would assume that 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 responsibility is on you. I'm not 100 percent sure about that, but you can you can get special accommodations for. I, I like to nap with my head on a bazooka, and they'll let me bring that on board. <laughs> when did that trend start? That's just a little while ago. Okay. <laughs> 
All right. So anyway, be careful what you bring on board an aircraft. Uh, I probably have time for another one, Casey. Right? Yeah, like a. Uh, well, it just depends on whether or not uh, we want to break before Chris Long. If we want to break, before oh, I don't know. Chris what Long, do you want to do? You can uh, break and come back with him if you want. Yeah, that's what I think I want All to right, do. Let's do that then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. We gotta close up the shop. Close up the shop. Then close up the shop. Everyone's sick. <laughs> Going to hang the sign on the door. We'll come back for another visit another time. Um, we will take a break. And as Casey said, uh, we're going to have Chris Long on the show. We're going to talk uh, Eagles because some big stuff coming up, obviously, with the playoffs. And also an interesting uh, reason why we got connected with him this time. Right? Yes. So we'll come back in a moment and get into that and more Bizarre File, all that stuff on him. Saturday from noon to 2, the MM Army rocks the newly remodeled Giant on Street Road in Ben Salem with free samples, raffles, and a balloon artist and face painter for the kids. Check out the new Starbucks, sushi program, hot bar, expanded beer and wine department, and natural and organic selection. All right, thanks, Kath. So uh, our next guest is ready to go, and uh, we're excited to have him on because it's an exciting time uh, for Philadelphia Eagles fans, <coughs> and of course he does happen to have a Super Bowl with that very team. And a great podcast called Greenlight. All kinds of wonderful things about a very charitable guy. And an interesting way how we got this together, which yeah. I'll explain in just a moment. Please welcome Chris Long. Yeah. Hey. How are y'all? We're doing good, Chris. How are you, man? I'm doing really well. Good to finally meet my uh, people with the great minds. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, let's get right into that. A, a, a Russian singer brought us together, right? Yeah, is it the same one? Yes. Yes, yes, it is. That guy? That guy! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did y'all find him? Because, and we will... Now that I know it's the same guy, we're going to find a different Russian singer or something. But uh, my, di- my buddy and I love YouTube like most uh, ad- adult dad age uh, white guys. We just spend all day on YouTube. So um, we he was sending me these videos one weekend. I think he was pretty stoned or something. And he was like, hey, check this out. This guy's incredible. I mean, like, you're not going to be able to stop watching. And lo and behold, I was just obsessed with the video. I don't, like, what a weird place. We, yeah. we so it uh, we had we had stumbled across that I want to say in like 2003 or something like that huh. uh, we we were uh, somebody had sent it to us and it was you know just a YouTube vid and we're like what is this what is this guy doing and uh, immediately we're like that is our end of the show <laughs> every Friday so every Friday when we rap that's the song that we go out with and further research on it and steve you would know better than i would because i'm not sure if i recall correctly or not but there was a time in um soviet russia russian in russian media and and entertainment that they weren't allowed to sing lyrics so they would have to because for fear of i guess a poor message getting out to yes so they would essentially make up just syllables and and use them in place of words and that's where that song came from and it took off like that that became a viral video and the guy i remember released a statement like six months later and he was so excited that people had found this goofy little video well he's so enthusiastic and the truth of the matter is is that that's exactly it they were afraid that any you know music has obviously been used to protest for uh, forever 
And, and so the fear was that a message, a hidden message, would get out in lyrics. So that's why he's, he's basically doing that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's <laughs> he's so thrilled, and the look on his face is so. You oh know, my gosh, it's, it's the look that makes it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he actually. I mean, it's, like, like he, I, I don't know. Maybe if you play it backwards, like Led Zeppelin or something. There's <laughs> <laughs> some, like, uh, anti-Soviet Union stuff in there. It's quite positive. It's bizarre, Chris, because he actually, I just looked it up. He recorded that video, that song, in 1976, and then it, it became international, and people started paying attention to it uh, in 2010. Uh, so I think, that, like, you know, YouTube helped to um, to spread it around. But, like, weirdly... Uh, stuff like that can can live and exist for a long period of time, and nobody knows about it. And then it just becomes this global thing. And now, in a weird way, we're talking to you because of this <laughs> uh, uh, shared love for Edward Keel. That's the guy's name. Is that his name? Yeah. Well, that's amazing, and it is funny. I mean, like, there's a lot of good Russian TV down that rabbit hole. Like, that's the rabbit hole. Oh that yeah. I enjoy, like old <laughs> Russian TV on YouTube. So, uh, so I'm glad we found it, but. Uh, I certainly, when I heard you guys had it, I was like, oh, no, somebody's going to think we like. And then I heard it was a Philly uh, radio station. I was like, oh, we're dead to right. <laughs> no, no, no. Not, it's, not at it's, all. It's quite possible. It was It was actually, you, it ends up on different, there are a couple podcasts that, that use it now. Uh, I mean, I, I think we were the first to to probably employ it for that reason. Yes, probably in yeah. 03. I mean, listen, but, you guys, hey, you guys are trailblazers there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> What we're 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 coming together over the love for Russian Russian music. So you know, music. you know, it's funny though. In a way, the suppression. The, the fact is, is that the message got out anyway. Because even at that time, people would say, "Why, why?" And I was, remember reading the, the extensive story about it. Why are there no? What is this form of singing? And you, it was almost. Um, it was implied that this was the reason, even within the Soviet Union, and so the message got out about the suppression of any of that stuff. So in a way, the guy ended up winning, you know, ultimately. Uh, but it is, right. again, the singing with the crazy face on the guy and classic Russian eyebrows, it's just priceless. The eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, we've played it so much over the years that I think each of us could probably sing yeah, 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 like yeah. the first two, three minutes of the song and yeah. get, you know, be pretty close to the the quote unquote lyrics that you we've played it so much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I had it stuck in my head for a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then my favorite part is my my favorite part is <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I'm so glad that we're uh, we have you on right now. I've been actually trying to when you were playing with the Eagles, we've been trying. We had you on once before uh, to talk about the Water Boys, but um I've become such a fan of yours off the field. I just, uh, you know, I follow you on on all types of social media. I'm really happy for your success with your podcast. You know, there there are a couple of big names I think in in the world of uh, football ish podcasts. You, uh, McAfee, is another one. Um, but you just what I like about you: a, you have a great sense of humor, but b you're not afraid to speak your mind, and uh, I think uh, that's one of the things that I that I really dig about you uh, on your podcast as well as you know you on social media. I'm working on that. You know, sometimes I can speak my mind a little too much. I don't know if you guys ever get that feeling. Like, you're like, yeah, shoot, what did I just say today? Um, <laughs> well, last week he said, "Blow me" to some dude on Twitter, and I thought that was great. 
I was like, I wish I could say that stuff like that. To you someone. just did. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's, that's, the, that's the, that was my nicest option. <laughs> but even, and even still, like afterwards, somebody said, you were like, no, I didn't yell it. I was just saying it, you know? And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, there's well, a difference. You know, it, the problem with that whole, those exchanges is you can't read tones. So somebody will write table manners or they're not like, they're, you know, their social skills aren't that adept anyways. And then they go to type something out and it comes across looking like just, the meanest thing anybody could say to you. And I like interacting with people on Twitter, or I did. I don't know. I'm trying to get away from Twitter. But um, I like interacting with people, but inevitably there's always going to be disagreements, and uh, you just try to not spend too much time on them. We, we live in a time where um, simply a disagree- people consider a disagreement or a, a, a difference of opinion as an act of violence, that, 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 that's, yeah. which is in, insane. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I, I happen to say, as a, you know, I'm a little bit older, I've changed my mind over the course of my life hearing other people's arguments. I've been informed by other people's decisions, and I may have had a totally different opinion. How do you ever evolve as a human if you don't embrace dissension or don't embrace another opinion? And, I, and yeah. I've, I've built foundationally things that I now believe by listening to lots of different opinions. But it's, you know, it is the way of it. I think eventually it will collapse in on itself. We were all, um, uh, you know, Chris talking about, remember when everyone had Tom as a friend on MySpace and it was all, you know, it was like, it was the most benign. It was like the early days of hip hop and rap. It was always, oh, it's it great. But, um, but you can't stay that pissed off and that acrimonious forever. And eventually Again, you see, you know, like having losses like Bob Saget passed away and, and, you know, he was all he was a guy who was universally loved as being a pleasant guy. You'll benefit more in life by being that way. You'll benefit more. And and you with all your your charitable endeavors. That's what lasts, not the acrimony. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And I I think what, you know, I think the biggest problem with uh, social media is that we, we kind of go to our corners and nobody talks in person. Exactly. Think, you know, there's a lot less contentious, like, disagreement, you know, counterproductive disagreement when you talk to somebody in person. Like, you're able to, in person, share, you know, views and opinions that, that might differ from the person you're talking to. And that reaction is going to be a lot less productive know, combative and more constructive. And there's going to be a conversation yeah. when you talk in person. And I just think we've, Turned into this society where we just sit behind a screen and um, and that kind of sucks. So I'm working on trying to. It's hard with a podcast because you know <laughs> nowadays when you do a podcast, the prerequisite is to have this online presence. And to be honest, I would have left like social media in the dust after football if it weren't for this damn job. <laughs> uh, but it helps grow what we have. I would like to eventually get to the point where my producers type in my tweets. And signing it with my name because I don't want any part of it, but I kind of have to deal with it. Hey, what did what did you think, Chris, when when you saw people uh, in that line of work um, that were airing their dirty laundry about the team, about the league, their, about their own team and own yeah. league, and throwing that stuff out there? I mean, that seems like it's uh, very little good can come from that. You talking about the the Philly stuff? And anybody, anybody in professional sports, yeah. that wants to complain about. Or, or, you know, just air grievances about their own organization. Yeah, I think, honestly, like, as players, and, you know, I'd need an example, but I I would imagine 
if a player has an issue with an organization, the first thing you can do is go upstairs and, and air that grievance face-to-face, man-to-man. Um, if you have an issue with a teammate, you should do that face-to-face, man-to-man. Uh, just like in the workplace, you know, like, you know, if there's a disagreement, I think communication is an incredible tool that a lot of people opt not to use. Uh, direct communication and doing that calmly. Uh, there's a way to do that. But I also think eventually, like, some of these teams might not be receptive to that and might kind of ignore guys. And then guys feel like they don't have a place to turn. So that's where I think you right. get, inevitably you get the leaky stuff. Now, with somebody like the AB thing, that dude was going to air his grievances, how he was going to air his grievances. But <laughs> I think um, for the most part, keeping things in-house and giving, you know, giving your team and your teammates an opportunity to keep things in-house is always like the best, the best policy first. And then like, hey, if things get out after people aren't receptive to listening to you or, or uh, you're continuing to get screwed or whatever, like football's an ugly business, man. It really is. And, and inevitably there's always going to be some drama. Uh, but I also think a locker room is a really special place. And so if you can kind of keep things in house, that's like a great way to be in Philly. We had some unnamed source stuff. We had that type of thing and it was disappointing. Um, I'd almost rather somebody just get online and say what, what they feel than like run to a reporter behind everybody's back. I have to ask. So, you know, you, you, you're building up this, this skill of, you know, interviewing and, and, and you have, it's not just football. You have other people on uh, the, the show as well and, and musicians and so on and so forth. And, and you're, you did something that I, um, that I've been flirting with the notion, which is my, my dad is in his nineties and he yeah. just actually recorded a lot of sort of a um, hours of information about his life that predates us in, you know, as, as children and I'm thinking of interviewing him. You interviewed your dad with all the skills that you have. Was how, how was that? Was that weird? Was it comfortable? How did you approach it? I think it was so comfortable. Um, and I think that, by the way, is very cool. I think, you know, like older folks, there's just like information, like you said, that when, when, when they pass on or whatever, like we just we just can't get that anymore, like. Uh, we're only going to be able to see uh, their world through the lens of pictures and, and videos and, and you won't have storytellers. So I think that's really cool. And I, I think, you know, my dad's 62. Um, God willing, I got another 40 years with him, but I'm always appreciative of every day, um, you know, with my parents. And, and I think when I, you got a dad like mine, who's, you know, everybody from that generation had crazier stories than us. <laughs> I feel like, um, you know, growing up the way he grew up, overcoming some of the adversities that he overcame um, and having a Hall of Fame football career, but also being a a really good human being. Um, I can honestly say that. And one of my best friends, if not my best friend. So that was like the double whammy as a podcast. Like usually there's the comfortability aspect of a pod. Like, do I know the guest? Is this going to be easy to to shoot the breeze with this person? And on the other side of the coin, um, how interesting is this person? And with my dad, it's like a 10 out of 10 on both uh, sides of the coin. And for me, I love it. I mean, I've interviewed him a couple times now. Um, you know, whether we do Father's Day, we probably do it every Father's Day. You know, it's like it's just the perfect guest for Father's Day. <laughs> right. uh, Your father. I've done yeah. It. yeah, I've done it in the season when I need a, a guest in a pinch. 
you know, like behind the scenes, yeah, I text my dad and he's, he's down to come on right away. And afterwards he's like, was that good? Are you good with everything? Like, did, it, did I give you what you need? And I'm just, that's him in a nutshell. He's, um, he's always been there for me in every way as a friend, as a, as a, you know, coach sometimes as a, a mentor and as somebody who tells you what you don't want to hear sometimes. That's great. Chris, I want to ask you uh, specifically about two of your former teammates when you were here in Philly, uh, in Jason Kelsey and uh, Lane Johnson, because uh, they both had great years on the field. Lane certainly had some issues off the field, and I, I really applaud his efforts for bringing mental health, um, uh, among many other athletes this year, to the forefront. And people paid attention to it, and uh, I think that that's a good thing. And then he came back. Had a really good, successful season. Scored a yeah. touchdown, which was freaking awesome. You know, as an Eagles fan, to see Lane Johnson score a touchdown was really cool. And Jason Kelsey, uh, I mean, you're talking about good guys. Like, this just continues to be what you want a, a, an athlete to be, especially in this yeah. town. So uh, if you can speak a little bit about both those guys and, and your impressions of them. I love those dudes, you know. Um, I, I, I talked to Kelsey yesterday. I talked to Lane probably once every couple days, like maybe once a week. I just... You know, a lot of your teammates, you play with so many guys in the league. I, yeah, I played for eight years in St. Louis where we were very bad and there was a lot of roster turnover and I played with probably a thousand people. I don't know. Um, mm. That's an exaggeration, but it felt that way. So to, to, to have friendships with guys that you played with, you know, um, I'll put it this way. A lot of people say, hey, when I retire, I'm going to miss the locker room. That's my biggest concern. I'm going to miss the guys. Like, yeah, you're going to miss some of the, like, hanging out, some of the routines, some of the being, you know, in the in the hotel Saturday night, eating at 10 o'clock, eating cookies, watching college football, <laughs> getting ready for tomorrow, just hanging out, shooting the breeze uh, in the training room, on the bus. But your real friends, like, you stay in touch with them. I mean, so you're not going to miss your real friends. Like, your real friends are going to stay involved in your life, and you'll stay involved in theirs. And those are two guys, to me, that I'm going to consider lifelong friends. And I think anybody that played with Kelsey or Lane uh, knows what I'm talking about. Kelsey wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a great teammate. He's somebody that lets you know right right the way you stand, and I'm kind of the same way, so we really hit it off. Um, There's not a lot of mincing of words in that relationship, which is awesome. (laughs) And Jeff McClain just had an article out about Kelsey that was really good, um, you know, about his man of the year campaign. And I think he's a tremendous human being. I think he, he's he's worthy of, of that award, um, you know. And Lane, Lane's a big kid, man. You know, he kind of reminds me of my little brother, just packaged a little different. So, <laughs> you know, I, I felt like we had a great relationship. And um, we also made each other better in practice. So that was a special experience. And both of them, I've been on vacation with both of them. Lane came out to Montana before the season this year. And I'm just very proud of Lane because everything he did this year um, was much bigger than football. I think when you talk about mental health as a player, like as macho as we're supposed to be, and as macho as Lane is, like he's a total badass. Yeah. But this is something that touches everybody. And even the six foot seven guy who's 330 with abs and allowed you know, four pressures on the year and one hit and no sacks and should have been in the Pro Bowl, but he got snubbed. Uh, but who cares? Because that's a BS uh, <laughs> award anyway. I, Lane is Lane en- encompasses, you know, everything you want in a guy. You know, he's 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 a he's a great athlete. He, he, he you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's got a big heart, but he's also honest and, and vulnerable. And I think that what he did this year was his, his best play. Yeah. He's made a lot of plays in his career, but to do that, I mean, I bet you he saved somebody's life. I mean, you know, just 
that's not out of the question that some an Eagles fan is listening and can't talk about their issues and Lane comes out and does it and takes those arrows because it wasn't unanimous praise. I mean, there were some people that said, what the hell is this? You can't leave and get your, your stuff together. Yeah. Um, but that's exactly what you need to do. You need to prioritize your health. You need to prioritize your mental health, and you need to look out for yourself and be vulnerable and be open. Yeah, well, I didn't. Um, I wasn't even aware that he had had any sort of issues with his mental health until Brandon Brooks had uh, had his issues, and then I had uh, heard, um, and I watched a lot of uh, pregame football stuff that you know that those two would talk to each other on the phone and, hey, did you get sick yet? Yeah, yeah, I just got done throwing up. And that was like a, a you know, a pregame ritual mm-hmm. that, that they had these these um, these anxieties, these nerves, you know, before the game. And, and I think that that, to me, makes complete and total sense when you're talking about that battle that goes on, you know. Debilitating, uh, yeah, you know. It, yeah. Like, like, yeah, like a lot of people, a lot of people um, think about anxiety and they think about like, it's just somebody being negative or somebody being like, yeah, and it can be, I mean, like as somebody with anxiety right here, like I don't have it like where I'd get panic attacks before the game. Um, and, uh, and kind of have these physical symptoms. I mean, a lot of people wrote that off as just this abstract idea of being negative or being nervous. But like, let me ask not- you, and I and I hate to jump in here because you're, yeah. you're making a good point, but let me ask you, listen, you're a mountain of a man, right? Yeah. So you think like, oh, well, what do you have to be afraid about? But like you're going up against another mountain of a man. Like how scary is that? Even though that you've been, you have been doing it your entire life. Like, I mean, is, how scary is that? Well, I don't think anybody's scared of anybody. Like, I don't think it's a thing where like, I'm not afraid of any person mm-hmm. uh it's just i think i think anxiety probably manifests a lot of different ways and i could imagine the pressures uh of the job are probably the, the number one culprit for a lot of players like we are under a lot of pressure um if you think about it i mean try to imagine your worst day and all the people that that day affects i mean like for y'all there are a lot of people that you can affect with a bad day um but yeah imagine you know, you have a bad day at work um, and all problems are relative. And I'm sure people experience the same nervousness and pressures at home. But like then imagine 90,000 people hate you or, you know, that you fail on the biggest stage uh, and it's right there to replay. You know, it's like when you do something dumb at work, um, you know, it might be hearsay. Somebody's going to talk about it at the water cooler. Uh, <laughs> but you know, for us, they're going to replay it all week on national TV. And another thing, that's really tough about playing in, in the NFL is like your manhood is on the line every day. And that's a, like, it's an incredibly like alpha male environment, which we all signed up for. And we ultimately love, that's why we're here. But for some guys who have real issues that they're, they're working through, like they can be impediments to to functioning. And so like, I think guys getting help, uh, talking to somebody, you know, um, seeking, you know, the right medication, like whatever. I mean, there's a lot of guys with underlying mental health issues in the NFL that probably don't get help because they're afraid of looking weak because in our sport, weakness is, is a big deal. Um, you know, it's not something you want to project, but that's not weakness. I think it's strength. Mm-hmm. I think that's become more of a, 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 you know, a talking point for good reasons. You're right. I didn't think about the, the pressure of, uh, okay, I got to do everything right because if I don't, Something that took 
a millisecond out of my performance today is going to be sliced and diced up into little bitty pieces and talked about for at least a week or longer. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you're, you know, you're under the microscope every single time. So it's not a choice. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, I can try to play as well as I can. Like I guarantee you, I tried my hardest towards the end of my career to be perfect because at that point in your career, the, the mental elevator is high and the, um, the, the, you know, the physical elevator is low. And your prime, those two are like right here. They're at the same level, but they're two ships passing in the night. And when you get older, you're like a perfectionist and you understand the game. And like, But your body just won't let you do the things that you know how to do all the time. And mm. even in your prime, like it's not a choice. Everybody else gets paid too. So like I could work my ass off try to go make that play. I might pinpoint the formation that, you know, they're going to come out in when they run it. And I might whiff on the tackle or I might just not be able to get off the block quick enough. It's not a choice. And I think that can be one of the most emasculating, like mind, you know, what's in our sport is like hard work doesn't pay. Like, yeah, always. Well, Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting, um, yes, those realizations resonate. I mean, I, you know, I'm my thing that always sort of mobilized me and 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 galvanized me was the um, at a certain point it became not being able to to work to to take care of the people that I love those things that and and you could say okay well this is this immediate job like this or whatever that's part and parcel of what you do that's part of the job requirement but but it doesn't it doesn't make you any less terrified of that it doesn't make you you suddenly don't shut that switch off and you're not dealing with it and so i think you're right the ability to as any player or you or anyone getting the message out about tending to yourself of of taking that thing that does save lives it's an honor in a way um you know years ago i I had a a bout with cancer and, and beat it and and then to me the ability to pay that forward and help other people with that that is that's life that's the gift to be yeah, able to do that's, that. that's the point. If you if you can't do something with whatever you like, turn your negative into a positive. Because like I know for Lane, like whatever he's dealt with has been tough. Because it was no secret that you know he had issues that he's dealt with and overcome. And the same thing for Brooks. Like I I've heard about the panic attacks. Like I know how tough it is to wake up on game day for certain guys. Like and these guys aren't afraid of anybody. They're just you know that fear of failure or embarrassment or it's not good enough. The pressure of kind of it's it's a high pressure job, and I know like we get paid a lot, and we are very lucky, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. But there are realities that come with any any choice you make in choosing to play pro football. There are things that come with that, and you know, guys, certain guys can't sit well with it. And even yeah. after football, I think you know, mental health is as big an issue after football. You know, a lot of times we boil it down to head trauma, and, I, and that's real, but. I think also there's a tremendous feeling of loss when you lose the game. I mean, and you're, you're not in, you're not doing what you were put on earth to do anymore, uh, and you feel like scrap metal. So, yeah. like a lot of guys struggle after the game, um, and I think so. This conversation is important for for not just people, but for football players that look to Lane and say, "Hey, that's one of the best players in the league," and he, you know, he needed time and he needed right. to get get it right and and i think everybody respected that yeah uh chris you've always to me have has have come across as a as a mindful uh person and i wanted to ask about where that mindfulness is, you know comes from like uh and and i'm just thinking about you had mentioned yeah we make a lot of money right and and so a lot of us we we, we see 
you know, the uh, the players walking into the locker room from their cars and they're getting out of Maseratis or Lamborghinis and they're wearing, you know, the newest Toyota Jordan. Tundras. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're wearing the uh, the Toyota Tundras, but they're, you know, they're wearing the newest Jordans. And, you know, but, you know, um, you spend a lot of time in a locker room and you're surrounded by people that are from all different walks of life in all different right. areas. And they didn't always come from money. They didn't always get out of a Maserati. And, and okay. so, you know, you have spent a lot more time with people that have come from very, very meager beginnings, you know, and from all over the world, really. And so yeah. how, how has that informed your mindfulness? Uh, well, you know, my, my parents, I mean, my parents are very caring people. They're very empathetic people. They're thoughtful people. Um, and, you know, like you talked about some of the people I played with in my locker room, and certainly a lot of those conversations served me well in, like, kind of empathizing with things and, you know, getting involved with stuff. But my dad, you know, he didn't have the upbringing that I had. And football gave him an opportunity to raise kids in an environment that he that he didn't get to experience. And I think that that fact off the bat and his reinforcement of, like, you know, we're not – third generation money i'm the first one that grew up with money in my family and so i think you know keeping that groundedness of like my pops being able to highlight like almost annoyingly how lucky you are uh, and also yeah kind of how he had it that whole thing um and and also just entering a locker room full of guys like you said with different backgrounds i think what's so cool about a football locker room is like um it's it's people from every walk of life and it's also the place where you can be the most open like we've had conversations in locker rooms that are really difficult that i think a lot of people in corporate america these conversations would never occur in the lunchroom um there's a certain openness about um you know and almost safety in a locker room of like hey we're the doors are locked what's said in here what's discussed in here you know, the revelations that people have, how they come about those revelations, some of the conflicts, some of the tough conversations, some of the things we might be embarrassed to share. It's safe because it's in the locker room. And these are guys that you, you really, you really, um, you depend on in a lot of ways. And, and uh, I, I really think it's special because I think increasingly, as we talked about earlier, like there's less opportunity to really level with somebody and talk right. to them in person, you know, and, and the most diversity of, upbringing you know ethnic diversity religious diversity like nfl locker room uh and then also the safety to have those conversations chris i think in another life uh, you and i probably could have been best friends because um <laughs> you love pearl jam i love pearl jam you've climbed kilimanjaro i've climbed kilimanjaro and um my brother married uh jenny hanger and his uh her sister is jane what? yeah and so I know you grew up with the Hanger sisters, which is which is adorable, um, and that they're part of my family. They saw your name on the St. Anne's Belfield Wall of Fame, and rumor has it that while you were pretty good at football, you were only mediocre at baseball. Is that true? <laughs> That's not. I would say I was mediocre at hitting the curveball, but I was elite at hitting the fastball. I could park a fastball at your studio. <laughs> there you but, go. But, but but Jenny's brother. George was like a ridiculous hitter. I mean, and George didn't say two words, country boy, like just <laughs> yeah. quiet. And um, and he was kind of scary. He was like older than me. Uh, 
but we had a pretty good little team and I loved baseball. I just, you know, again, like once I got big, I couldn't hit the curveball, and I was like, all right, there's a fork in the road. I could continue down the road of being 250 in high school and lifting weights after every practice and busting my ass, or I could stay loose and try to play D2 baseball or something. I don't know where I would end. Big decision. uh, Yeah. But, yeah, but I did love baseball. It was a lot of fun. I, you know, I, I'm getting into the Phillies. I'm trying to get into the Phillies, man. Like, uh, I'm trying to get into, you know, Major League Baseball again. It's been a break since I was a kid, so we'll see. All right, well, we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap in a moment, uh, Chris. But we definitely got to talk about, uh, you know, uh, the elephant in the room, the Eagles in the box, and and get your your take and where where your mind is at on that because you got a little bit of history there. Yeah, we should be talking about the Eagles and the Bucks. We shouldn't be shy talking about the Eagles and the Bucks. I think the Eagles can beat the Bucks. I do. I um I do. I Jalen Hurts is going to have to play, you know, like a veteran. Um and I think what's amazing about the Eagles is and they played these guys in September or October, but it was 28-22. Uh, I think Eagles had the backdoor cover if you're yeah. keeping track at home. Uh, and I do think they cover this weekend at the very least. But um, these two teams are completely different. Look at the injuries that Tampa has sustained. I mean, obviously, we know what they are. Um, Chris Godwin, do we know what, what, what that means? I mean, Chris Godwin is, is his Julian Edelman. I mean, but, but probably, uh, you know, maybe more talented, better, and um, somebody that, that, that Tom trusts in those, you know, uh, stick situations if you don't have Gronk. So you take away that security blanket. Uh, Leonard Fournette, who was a lot of the reason that they were able to make that run late in the year last year, um, is out. Um, you know, A.B., who took the top off the defense for them, but also probably made things a pain in the ass in the locker room, is out. Um, and on the other side of things, Philly, and I got to give credit to Nick Sirianni, a lot of people counted him out just off a press conference, you know, because we are so eternally cynical when it comes to new coaches and that sort of thing. A uh, young guy, didn't seem like he had it together, I guess. But this guy with a big assist from Philly fans pressuring him to run the ball has done something that I almost never see from coaches, which is adjustment, like in-flight adjustment. Like, you know, hey, manage my ego. I know I thought this was how I wanted this offense to run, but we're going to go with the 50-50-50 plan. We're going to get three guys 50 yards a game, uh, and, and, and we're going to maximize – Dudes like Gainwell and Quez Watkins is gonna is gonna step up for us. They not only have changed the, you know, the 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 mode of attack, but also they've gotten a lot of guys involved that you didn't think would be involved. So I think you've got a chance if you can be great on third down defensively and the pass rush can get there. Um, because this is gonna be a sticks game for the Bucs. They're gonna have to matriculate the ball down the field, I would hope. Uh, the big key to me is can Josh Sweat play great? Can can Derek Barnett play great? Can Fletch play great? Uh, if those guys can, Hargrave, they can get after this team, and I think they can. I think they can beat them. So what do um, you talk about uh, trench warfare here? Uh, are uh, the Eagles' offensive line versus the Bucks' defensive line? Um, yeah, big I, deal. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I, uh, who, who do you think the advantage goes to there? Uh. I think the Bucks have, when they're rolling, the best defensive line in the, in the league. Uh, if you look at the two edge guys, uh, they're great. I also think that we can handle the two edge guys. We can manage. Um, I think, you know, I like Lane in any matchup against anybody he plays. 
Um, you know, and Stoutland's done a great job up front. You know, uh, Jeff Stoutland's a guy that fans will, will know that name. Uh, Peter King asked me to rate like coach of the year, executive of the year, assistant of the year, all that stuff this week. And I said, Jeff Stoutland was the assistant of the year because look at the injuries they've had. Uh, a couple that with some of the young players they've developed, Dickerson, um, Mylotta over the last couple of years, an Australian rules football guy, like, and now he's a borderline Pro Bowl type guy. I mean, he's a Pro Bowl type guy in the NFL. Um, they've just done a great job. And so at the very least, I think that's a stalemate. I really do. Um, but they're going to have to play great. You know, it's like Vita Vea is a guy that people might not talk about as much, but might be their most important piece. He can wreck the game inside. I actually worry more about Vita Vea and Sue than I do the edge guys because we have the tackles uh, to, to neutralize that matchup. I mean, but you're right. That's the biggest matchup of the game. And oftentimes we take that stuff for granted because the O-line's been so historically good in Philly. Yeah. I, uh, I, I love um, I love game week, right? I love everything leading up to it. I watch the uh, ESPN. I watch the NFL Network um, all over Twitter. There's one guy on Twitter that I'm just so enamored with. And uh, you may know him. Uh, his name is Thomas Peterson. He is not from America, right? He is a doctor yeah. from, uh, oh, geez, Denmark, maybe? He, it, there's no reason why this guy should uh, be an Eagles fan or a football fan or whatever, but he is. Yeah, and he's a huge, do, are you familiar with this guy? No, uh-uh, but they're everywhere, man. Well, this all right, so this guy, his name's Thomas Peterson. He breaks down the game. I mean, he's a he is a doctor, like you know. But he but he breaks down the game and he and he finds this this footage and he breaks things down and he and he's been doing it all season long. I think for you, he might be an interesting get for for your podcast because for all intents, get a guy of, from Denmark, yeah, a doctor, <laughs> a doctor from Denmark who knows his stuff about. You know, he's not. He's not a, an American transplant in Denmark. He is from Denmark. He's Denmarkian. He's Denmarkian. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I is that love... what they say? I, I think we're big in Denmark, man. So <laughs> yeah. maybe we get your doctor on and and, uh, and he goes. I, uh, I listen. I know we have to wrap this up, and I cannot wrap this up without telling you that uh, uh, your father <laughs> has been. Uh, a kind of a running joke in uh, between me and my best friend for a long time, and he's not the joke. My friend is, so uh, he and I are at a bar on a Monday night, and uh, and your dad comes up on the screen, and my friend turns to me and he goes, "How long's a good looking guy, isn't he?" And I just looked at him and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like, and so ever since then, I have like on his birthday, I have uh, post, I have uh, blown up posters of uh, there's. You might even know this picture of your father in the locker room. It's a black and white photo with him with his shirt off and uh, and an ice pack on his knee. I will. Uh, uh, yeah, I do know that one. <laughs> you know, back then they only got so many pictures. They had to tell people to stand still for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was those big Civil War box cameras. But Casey, yeah, re yeah. Casey refers to his friend Jeff as Jeff, comma Howie Long. Like every time he references for him, years, yeah. for years we have in fact yeah, our time. No, Howie Long, man, like Howie Long looks damn near cryogenically frozen. <laughs> he <like>. does. <laughs> Like, you skip year 20 to 62. I don't know what kind of blood he's drinking or, like... But, but honestly, my dad, the secret is he just lives clean. Yeah. You know, like, I'm a beer-drinking, you know, et cetera guy. And uh, my dad, he's just been, like, one glass of wine every now and again, gets to sleep, you know, he eats well. He just doesn't have vices, and that must be really nice. Uh, <laughs> 
That's what you look like if you got good genes and you don't have vices. Well, that dude looks amazing for 62. You're clearly rocking the same uh, genetics and, and obviously the... Uh, the, <laughs> the sh- I'm, trying to, I'm trying to sandbag myself a little bit. <laughs> Listen, we're gonna we're gonna point people if they haven't listened yet to the Greenlight podcast with uh, with Chris Long, and you can you can find it wherever podcasts are available. But uh, we'll we'll definitely uh, send people because you're a good guy, and we love having you as uh, you know as as a member of the Philadelphia community because of your time. Spent. I love being one. I love being one. It's the most special place. Uh, I mean, I miss it all the time. But just hearing you guys talk about the traffic, you know, so it just uh, it brings me back to my commute. And we don't have any traffic in my hometown, but I would sit in traffic to, to drive to work in Philly. I love that city. Nice. Well, if you come back in town, please visit us, visit us man. We'd love to have no you. No question. Excellent. Thank Everybody you. get well and yeah. uh, stay healthy. Done deal. Thank you. Chris Long, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Take care That's awesome. Um, so, question, Casey. It's 13 minutes after 10 o'clock. We haven't even done the bizarre. Fight. I know. I moved it. We're going to have to do that in the in the next break if, the, if you're okay with that, Press. So that's what we'll do. We'll take a break. We'll come back in a second. B-File, trash, music news, lesson question, all those st- things will be up next. So stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Hi, I'm Steven Singer. Yep, that's me, the I Hate Steven Singer guy. This Valentine's Day, avoid that look of disappointment. You know the look. A week after Valentine's Day when she throws the flowers you just bought into the trash. Try this. Get her a real long stem rose dipped in 24 karat pure gold. The only rose that's guaranteed to last forever is just $59. Our famous 24 karat gold dip roses arrive in our signature gold gift box. Order now and get free shipping at IHateStevenSinger.com. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, Wednesday morning, uh, secret text word, chance to win in some tickets to see Dirty Honey and Wolfgang Van Halen. That show's date has shifted. I don't have that information handy, but uh, we'll get that in a moment for you. But we are giving away the prize. Um, we have a final look at traffic, I think, really, really late. Right, Kathy? No? Uh, no, we're good. We're done. Okay, we're good. All right. All right, so Preston, the, uh, the dates... The dates, by the way, uh, they were supposed to be November, I'm sorry, no, not November, January 18th uh, at the Fillmore. It's postponed until Thursday, March 31st. But as Casey said earlier, the tickets that we're giving away, or if you have tickets already, they were still, they will still be valid Thursday, March 31st. Excellent. All right. Um, way late with this, but we have the Bizarre File to do, so let's do it. Now, Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. Okay, uh, Press, I'm going to do the sponsor for the Bizarre File real quick. Why, thank you, Casey. It is brought to you by Squeeze.com, the best juice cleanse on the market. Lose inches, drop pounds, feel great, and sleep better. Now, free shipping with code RADIO at checkout. All right, we'll start with the story out of Australia. Alice was nearly killed by a huntsman spider, but the spider never touched her. It appeared in her car as she was driving, and the shock of it caused her to swerve suddenly, rolling the vehicle and landing her in the hospital. Wow. These things are giant. You've seen these before. They're a nightmare, as is everything else in Australia. 
Uh, she said, I'm very lucky to be alive. And while there are no statistics for crashes caused by spiders specifically, being distracted is one of the leading causes of car crashes in Australia. Uh, according to an expert, uh, when people get startled, their fight or flight reflex can kick in. Uh, while it's fairly common to get spiders and their webs on the outside of the car, it tends to be the larger huntsman spiders that are found inside your car. Oh, that's awesome. Owen Seaman, that is his guy's uh, name. Uh, the collection is. manager for the Arachnia and uh, Miriapoda at the Queensland Museum said that that's because huntsman spiders are looking for a good place to rest. Said if you go out in the bush and you see a eucalyptus tree with great shoots of peeling bark on them, that is where you're likely to find huntsman spiders spending the day. It's a nice sheltered place. And it's dry, and they come out at night. And he said, but as soon as the car starts to move, well, what can happen is uh, the huntsman usually hides under the visor. That's awesome. I like that. doesn't get any better. And so when the car starts to move and vibrate and uh, or someone flicks down the sun visor, the spider doesn't feel safe anymore, and it can panic and take off. Now, the guy says that no matter what, the spider is not trying to bite you. It is trying to get away. Sure. That what yeah. you should do is... <laughs> Calmly find a spot to stop the car, get out, and set the car on fire because that's what I would do. But no, he says he says you open it up and the fighter will the the spider will find its way out. Uh, but if the spider disappears under a seat or somewhere else in the car, it won't move unless it feels threatened again. So you're pretty much screwed if you get one of these in your car. I, I, I like setting it on fire. That works for me, honestly. Uh, the the things be- are nightmares. One of your only options. All right, uh, moving on to another story. Uh, Kent, Washington Mayor Dana Ralph says that her administration badly underestimated the public outrage that would spring from the decision not to fire an assistant police chief who posted Nazi insignia on his office door, embraced the rank of an officer in Adolf Hitler's murderous SS, and joked about the Holocaust. Uh, the admission came as Ralph and police chief Rafael Padilla issued a somber public mea culpa apology and lengthy video explanation Friday on YouTube. Sorry. Reasoning behind the city's decision to discipline Assistant Chief Derek uh, Camarazel by giving him two weeks off, which he could take as a vacation and ordering him to undergo cultural sensitivity training. Uh, Ralph and the chief were forced to revisit that decision and called last week for his resignation. Uh, So news broke last week after a citizen's watchdog group obtained documents from the investigation to public disclosure. I mean, this guy, he was not being subtle about it. So uh, Kamara Zell, a 27-year Kent police veteran, uh, was targeted for investigation after a detective complained that uh, the assistant chief had posted the rank insignia of Nazi... Uh, Obergruppenfuhrer over the nameplate on his office door. Okay. And referred to himself by that rank, one of the highest in the Third Reich, held by officials who oversaw the slave labor and death camps. The investigation also showed uh, that the man at one point shaved his facial hair into a little Hitler mustache. Is it possible? Photographed in Lederhosen, apparently giving a stiff arm Nazi salute during the city's 2019 Oktoberfest celebration. Is it possible he was attempting to be ironic? Maybe they missed the irony of the situation. Uh, he'd also joked that his grandfather died in the Holocaust uh, by falling drunk out of a Nazi guard tower. Okay. So the man wasn't very subtle, no, and therefore no. they had readjusted their assessment, and they have since let him. I also heard, Preston, that he was using a stolen Netflix password. No. Yeah, so. Oh, that's what finally. Yeah, that's it. Enough. 
right, and we're going to keep this one uh, short uh, because we're so late with it, but uh, I got to go with this one. Two Florida women each are facing a felony burglary charge after allegedly perpetrating a 3 a.m. glitter attack on a male victim. (laughs) Investigators say Sarah Franks and Caitlin O'Donovan arrived early yesterday morning at the Clearwater residence of Jacob Cullen and began arguing with him while he was standing on his fenced balcony. So they glittered up Cullen? Uh, Franks and uh, Donovan... Cops allege each threw a container of glitter at Colin, who was struck in the upper torso and head. Uh, they do not real, reveal the nature of the argument or the relationship between the parties. But after pelting Colin, Franks climbed over the ground level fence and entered his apartment where she engaged the victim again by throwing more containers of glitter at him. I hate Franks glitter. Allegedly, he then uh, allegedly unlocked the front door to allow Donovan uh, to enter the residence. Once inside, O'Donovan threw additional containers of glitter at Colin. Like, how much freaking glitter did they have? Yeah. yeah. Upon completing the glitter bombing, Franks kicked a window in the residence till it broke. The pair then drove away from the apartment complex. Since it appears Colin was able to identify his assailants, police uh, arrested Franks and O'Donovan about an hour later after the glitter attack. The getaway car police reported was tracked back to the duo's home. The auto was, quote, still warm to the touch, and glitter was observed on the inside of the vehicle. Franks and O'Donovan were arrested on a felony charge of burglary with assault or battery, and Franks was also charged with criminal mischief for allegedly breaking Colin's window. And it's a short one, but we will end the bizarre file right there. Uh, We have to do today's lesson question. Don't know what it is. Don't know what the prize is. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys to handle that part of it. All right. Well, I'll have the question for you, Preston. And then uh, Casey can go over the prizing. Uh, So the question is, who is opening for the non-existent band Meth Burrito? Which band is opening for the other non-existent band Meth Burrito? All right. 215-263-WMMR. That is the number. And Casey, what are we giving away for? That's a pair of tickets to see Tracy Morgan live on stage uh, July 19th. I'm sorry, 16th at 8 p.m. at Ovation Hall in Ocean Casino Resort. All right. We will be trash while you are calling in. So let's do that. WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right. While we wait... Your call, Steve Morrison, with these stories. It would be my honor. Uh, A man who just days ago was arrested attempting to get into Kendall Jenner's home for the second time is already back out on the street. Luckily for Jenner, California law says 31-year-old Arnold Babcock will only get one more chance to kill her. Then he must promise to stop. John Watts, who directed the wildly successful Spider-Man No Way Home, will direct the final installment in the Final Destination franchise. Watts says the movie will wrap up all the existing plot lines and will be called Final Destination, Too Fine, Too Dest. <laughs> oh, my God. It make any sense. And finally, ABC, get this. This is amazing. ABC revealing that 40 of the 43 couples brought together on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette only nine are still together. Regardless, the network insists they are still your best chance of securing a 23% shot at finding love. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trip. All right. Thank you, Steve. All right, uh, Case, let's uh, see if we can get an answer to the question, if you will, please. Uh, that question again, Nick, is what? Who was the opening band for the non-existent band, Meth Burrito? Okay. Uh, we are going to go to, it looks like John on line one. John, are you there? Yeah, yeah. All right, John, do you know the answer to the lesson question? Oh, Cleveland, we're Blood Eagle! Yeah! Blood Eagle! Blood Eagle! Here we go. 
Well done. I like these stage announcements, John. Hey, Casey, right. what did you win? All right, John, you just won yourself a pair of tickets to see Tracy Morgan live on stage Saturday, July 16th at 8 p.m. at Ovation Hall and Ocean Casino Resort. Tickets are on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. via theoceanac.com. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. And Music News is brought to you by Primo Hoagies. Big games, big parties. It isn't just football. It's an experience, so don't settle for an average catering tray. Make it Primo. Order in advance and online at primohoagies.com. It's not just a hoagie. It's a Primo. All right, we're going to start with uh, the band Ghosts and Bull Beat. Uh, They will be releasing a limited edition double A-side 7-inch uh, featuring each band's contributions to the Metallica Blacklist charity album at their upcoming co-headlining tour. Uh, Ghost's cover of Enter Sandman will be on the uh, Side G, it says. Wow. Uh, Volbeat's Don't Tread on Me will be on Side V. I guess what they're, they're, that's what they're calling these. How big is this album? Uh, the 7-inch will be pressed on crystal clear vinyl and limited to only 3,000 units, uh, 115 copies available at each tour stop on a first-come, first-served basis, limited one per customer. All proceeds will be split between the All Within My Hands Foundation and the charities of the artist's choice. Uh, so Volbeat and Ghost have uh, two different uh, charities that they are going to uh, put those uh, contributions to. Megadeth and Lamb of God have added another North American leg. They're co-headlining Metal Tour of the Year. Uh, the new dates will begin April 9th in Las Vegas. Uh, the closest they're going to get, it looks like, uh, will run through May 15th and end up in Allentown. That'll be their final guest. Son of a uh, bitch. Final, final <laughs> date. And uh, special guest uh, Trivium and In Flames will be on board. And uh, tickets go on sale to general public on Friday. Casey, I know you're interested in taking your mom to that. Is, what, what are the plans if it's, you have to go all the way to Allentown? Yeah, well, I'm sorry. What day of the week is that again? Because that really informs my decision on whether or not I take her. You know what? I'm not really sure. We'll have to, All have right. to look okay. at that. I mean, if it's a weekend, yeah, that yeah. way she can rage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a new trailer, we spoke about this earlier this morning, uh, has dropped for Foo Fighters' upcoming horror comedy movie, Studio 666. Uh, the band shot the feature-length album with director B.J. McDonald, and it's based on a story originally written by the band's uh, by Dave Grohl. He wrote the whole thing. So uh, the film's going to open in select theaters coming up February 25th. Tickets are available now, and you can go studio to studio666movie.com. It looks like it's it's going to be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, last story, Eddie Bedder has unveiled the full track listing to his upcoming solo set called Earthling. Um, and this is according to youdiscovermusic.com. Earthling, which is his first mainstream solo album since 2011's ukulele song uh it will come out on february 11th uh the album's third single brother the cloud will be released on friday by the way so hopefully we'll be playing that for you uh backing eddie on the tour is the star-studded earthlings featuring chad smith of chili peppers uh former peppers guitarist now pearl jam touring musician josh klinghoffer bassist chris cheney uh, guitarist, vocalist Glenn Hansard, huh. and guitarist Andrew Watt. Yeah, Preston, his uh, brother Hansard will also will serve as the opening tour act. What's that? His brother, the Cloud, the sequel song to Dog to Bear. <laughs> <laughs> it, it might be. I don't know. Dog uh, so, to Bear. 
Here's uh, here's the uh, the full track listing. It goes uh, Invincible, followed by Long Way, Power of Right, Brother the Cloud, uh, Dog, Dog to Bear. bear. <laughs> Fallout. This next one is Dark. Called the Dog to Bear. Uh, Good and Evil, Rose of Jericho, Try, Picture, Mrs. Mills, and On My Way. Wow. Nick, do any of those titles bring up any thoughts of Eddie Vedder lore? Or is uh, just... Nope. No, no, no. I, I'm sure the haves has something to do with, like, the haves versus the have-nots, so I, I, right. I would have expect a theme there. But um, I, I really enjoy Long Way. I think it's a great tune, and we've been playing it since it was released. So uh, if that, if the rest, of, if the rest of the record is anything like that song, I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of the tunes. Excellent. All right, uh, and that's it. So got yay. Right, so we'll wrap that. We'll wrap this segment. Uh, Casey, you need to mention something? No, I don't. But you do. Oh, okay. We need a number caller for the secret text word. We go now to Kathy Romano, live in Conjahawken. For our number caller, <laughs> what's it going to be, Kat? Caller 10. Caller 10! Caller 215-263-WMMR. Uh, the show's been rescheduled, but I'm sure you can make things work uh, for Dirty Honey and Wolfgang Van Halen. Uh, so call now, so you know, designated caller. We'll get a random text or two. We'll take a break. We'll come back in a second, wrapping up the show when we get back. Stay with us. If you like what you hear, you can see it, too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on PrestonandSteve.com. Acme Markets is making your grocery shopping and saving easier than ever. Download the Acme app today to see your all-new deals, rewards, and perks. Use it to view the weekly ad, clip digital coupons, redeem rewards, and to shop any way you want. In-store, delivery, or drive up and go. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver it right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. A little bit more comfortable today. We'll be in the low 40s. Uh, smidge warmer tomorrow. And then, by the time we get to Sunday, uh, what I saw this morning is high temperatures barely making it into the 20s, if that. Woof! We do have that cold stuff coming very, very soon. Exactly. So, uh, nonetheless, but um, thank you for being a part of today's program. It's a little bit uh, different today as I'm broadcasting from home, and so is Kathy for a couple different reasons. And uh, we'll have uh, some better equipment hookups tomorrow. We kind of had to slap it together, um, as I didn't know I was going to be until uh, last night. So, uh, Kevin, Bill had some nice compliments. He stopped off during the yes. break and, and uh, threw in his two cents, so that's always nice to hear. Uh, but uh, I want to thank our guest, uh, Chris Long. Yeah, man. Good dude. Yeah, Chris was awesome, and um, his um, uh, he has podcast. Casey, do you remember? I, I I don't have my info sheet. It was called Green, Green Light. Green Light. Green Light. Green Thank light. you. Uh, but we had like a forty minute conversation with him, and he's just so easy to talk to. Super nice guy. Misses this area uh, big time. So maybe he'll be popping in for a visit sometime down the road, which is cool. So, um, and I guess we need to get a winner for the secret text word. We were looking for caller number 10. So Casey, you'll have to handle that if you would, please. Yeah, I got you. Uh, we have a bill on line four. Bill, are you there? Fire twerk. (laughs) Fire twerk. All right, we have that. Fire twerk. All right, Bill, do you know what the uh, secret text word was today? That would be paper. That would be paper. All right. 
Bill, we just, uh, that was his name, right? Yeah, we just yeah. Uh, threw Bill on hold, and yes, paper was the secret text word today, and Bill has won a uh, pair of passes, <laughs> a pair of tickets to see Dirty Honey and Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen. That, that show was supposed to be on Tuesday. Right. Uh, it has been moved back into March. Uh, these tickets will be um, honored. honored then. Uh, and then also Peter Reed from Springfield, Pennsylvania. I don't know if that's Delco or Monco, but Springfield, uh, Pennsylvania. Peter Reed is also going to win tickets uh, to see these guys. And it's going to be at the Fillmore. Tickets are on sale right now at Ticketmaster. Uh, and you can also tune in this weekend for WMMR concert warm-up as we prepare for a flurry of winter rock concerts other than uh, this one that was just postponed. All right. Thank you very much, Case, uh, for handling that. Um, so I guess the other thing we need to do is letter of the day, correct? Yeah. All right. Let's fire that up. Okay. Oh, God wow, new it. opening. Kristen and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. I don't know what happened. Uh, I just went right back into that right. Dirty Honey song. Um, Today's President Steve Show, Casey, has been brought to you by the letter C, as in Chewbacca. Chewbacca. And uh, so that's uh, letter three of the five-letter word, and you're trying to <laughs> win a book of Boba Fett super prize pack, including a 65-inch LED smart TV, a one-year subscription to Disney+. Uh, Plus. And an action uh, Boba Fett Starship die-cast vehicle, Boba Fett talking action figure, cool. and a Boba Fett voice-changing mask. Steve, I know you want one of I those. I want one of these. And this is from Lucasfilms and Disney Plus presenting the new original series, The Book of Boba Fett. New episode comes out today. Yes. Following the legendary bounty hunter Boba Fett and mercenary Fennec Shand as they navigate the galaxy's underworld and return to the sands of Tatooine, now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. All right, two more letters, and uh, we give that prize away on Friday. Uh, we need to thank our sponsors, in case you're going to have to do Oh, yeah, where are those well. You got to see how Casey's just, like, jumping to every station on, on your side <laughs> of the board, Preston. He's doing a great job. All right, well, I appreciate yeah. that, Steve. Thank you. I'm doing an okay job. But, uh, yeah, today's show is brought to you by... Duncan, the official coffee of the Preston and Steve show, as well as Acme. Download the Acme app to see all your new deals, rewards, and perks today. Visit acmemarkets.com for details. And it's also brought to you by Jurassic Quest coming to Philadelphia January 15th through the 23rd. And you can get tickets at JurassicQuest.com. Excellent. All right. Uh, thanks, Case. So uh, on tomorrow's program... Uh, we'll be doing a similar format as this, but maybe sounding uh, a little bit better than we had today. But uh, we appreciate your patience. Uh, tomorrow we have a guest. His name is Nims Persia. Uh, so there is a Netflix special called 14 Peaks where he climbs the 14 tallest peaks in the world in a ridiculously short amount of time. And these, these climbing docks are incredible. I love them. Uh, I would. Yeah, I would. I've not ne- seen this one yet, but uh, Steve, you had a chance to check it out. Just a little bit, uh, and I'll tell you this: uh, he, uh, he's amazing. The time frame, the time constraints, is amazing. Uh, and uh, listen, it's a whole other type of person in a whole other type of world. I'm, I'm perpetually fascinated by this kind of stuff. <laughs> yep. All right, so that is it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day, and uh, Mr. Pierre Robert will take care of you next. We will see you tomorrow. Bye bye. and Steve. On 93.3 WMMR. Hey, everybody. It's good to have you on the ba 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 